Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 well. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman, and yes, this is Ohio State B-T-T-U-N week. Thus, the Buckeyes garb. Where's yours, Elliot? Where's my what? Buckeye garb. I don't have Buckeye garb. Casey, where's your Buckeye garb? Uh, Tom, I don't have any of that. Trace, where's your Buckeye garb? Never owned any of that. Okay. It's, re- it's really sad what Michigan's done because this rivalry, this rivalry means absolutely nothing now. That's a terrible Absolutely take. nothing. They've tainted the whole thing. That's what they've done. But we'll give you the very latest from the Michigan fan base here in a few oh, yeah. minutes. I mean, I got to tell you, there are victims all over the place. And they all wear <laughs> maize and blue, right? They do. The victims. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12. PM. You can find us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports Page, on Twitter, Chatterbox Sports Page. What is the official uh, t- X address, Casey? At Seabox? At Seabox Sports, Tom. At Seabox Sports. Or if you'd rather download us, by all means, search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Well, look, since we last convened, We've come to learn that Joe Burrow will miss the remainder of this season. It hurts. I mean, it hurts. He's perhaps the best player this franchise has ever had. Certainly the best in a long, long time. But having said that, boys and girls, it's time to turn the page. At 5-5, five and five, the Bengals have seven more games to try and reach the playoffs for what would be a third consecutive season. Now, will it be Jake Browning at quarterback? You would think or maybe the more experienced A.J. McCarron. Now, those are decisions that have already been made or are being made downtown as we speak, as this team returns to practice today. Look, this week is a winnable game. Pittsburgh has done it with a great defense, nothing more than smoke and mirrors on offense. But to their credit, they've gotten it done in six of their ten games. Yesterday... They did not get it done. As the men of aluminum fall to the Brownies 13 to 10. Rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. This is why you should have hope. You never know. Just his second NFL start. First one where he's had a whole week to get ready. Right? Completed four straight passes on a clutch drive. Sets up Dustin Hopkins' 34-yard field goal with two seconds left. Brownies go to 7-3 and three on the year. Pittsburgh was outgained for the 10th straight week as Kenny Pickett could barely manage 100 passing yards. But again, in his last 19 starts, Kenny Pickett is 13 and 6. Does that add up to 19? I don't know. I don't know, but I think he's fraudulent, and that's Tom's guy, though. Uh, he doesn't throw for My more than 100 yards. That's Reed's guy. No, that's your guy. He doesn't throw for more than 100 yards in any game, but I guess he gets credit for the win. I guess that's true. He, he stood does. there. He stood there tough while the rest of the team carried, his, carried him on, his sh- on their shoulders. All right. Well, now the question is, can this leaky Bengals defense even slow Kenny Pickett down? He'll be Tom Brady on Sunday. Boys and girls, there is a path to the playoffs despite the, negative tib- the negativity emanating from this room on all sides, but we're not going to let us beat it. We're going to stay focused. 
there is a path, and we're going to get into that here shortly. Kickoff this weekend is set for 1 o'clock. Now, look, Brock Purdy did what only Joe Montana has ever done in a 49er uniform yesterday. He posted what is called a perfect passer rating in a 27-14 win over Tampa Bay. Can somebody please explain to me how a guy can have a perfect passer rating if you throw at least one single incomplete pass, which he did. He was 21 of 25 with three touchdowns. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get how they make those stats. Uh, but listen, I guess if, if you're close enough, that counts, right? If I got like, if, like, if I came home to my parents and I got like a 90 on the, t- it might as well be a hundred. So that's, I think that's, that's the scale they're using. That's the metric. If you're close enough to a hundred, it's a hundred. Okay. Well, he's ruled perfect yesterday. How about Denver? Casey's guys. <laughs> The Broncos started the season 0-3, look dead in the water. Don't look now. They're 5-5, five five, winners of four straight. They beat Minnesota 21-20. Russell Wilson's playing great. Vikings had a 17-9 lead before turning it over twice in the final quarter. Tonight is the biggest game in the league so far this year. A rematch of last year's Super Bowl and two of the best teams this season. Philadelphia has lost once. Kansas City has lost twice. They meet tonight from Browning Head. My God. Browning Head, huh? That's I thought horrible. you might like that, Casey. That's no, horrible. No, that was a terrible I trip. thought you might like that. That was a terrible That's Browning disgusting. Head. McCarran Head. No. Still not working, Tom. <laughs> I can't wait till this guy gets benched. I can't wait. In college football, this Saturday will be the final game of this season for the UC Bearcats. How long has it been since we've actually been glad about that? Can you believe in all seriousness, can you believe it was this time 48 months ago, or pardon me, 24 months ago, that this program was playing in the college football playoff national semifinals? Saturday, they were just humiliated again. This time at West Virginia. What, what is so funny? <laughs> I just liked how you transitioned there. That was funny. The Mountaineers ran the ball 46 times for 424 yards in a 42-21 win. The UC defense allows 630 yards of offense. The Bearcats 3-8 and eight on the year. Season finale is Saturday at home against Kansas. Do we have the uh, bash on Vine for that one this Saturday? Thank the Lord Jesus, no. (laughs) Our Savior has come. It has ended. (laughs) It is done, Tom. (laughs) You ever heard of that before? Yes, I have. D-U-N. Elsewhere, all five of the unbeatens remained unbeaten over the weekend, but we really have our first major subplot inside of that group besides Michigan's deal. We'll get to that later. But this is a serious story. Number four, Florida State routed North Alabama 58-13. to But in doing so, the Seminoles lose their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, to a season-ending leg injury. It's this guy's sixth year. He's battled through all kinds of injuries. He's having a great season. He's thrown for 2,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, only two picks. He's run for seven more scores. He's brought Florida State back. But what a shame for that young man and the Seminoles team. Now, we've thought on this program that Washington 
deserve to be ranked number four instead of Florida State. They have four wins over top 25 teams. And Florida State has one. They were sitting at number five. Well, the Huskies got a huge road win in brutal weather conditions at number 11, Oregon State, 22-20. to Were they perfect? No. But they won a big game where they were an underdog on the road. The new college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow night. And that's certainly something to keep an eye on. The clock is ticking for the game, and I mean the game, boys and girls, Saturday in Ann Arbor. Number two, Ohio State takes on number three, TTUN. The ID Buckeyes look like a different team. Did you notice how I left out the M? I did, Tom. Are you going to do this all week, Tom? Look like a different team on offense with a healthy Travion Henderson. The junior tailback rushed for 146 yards on 15 carries and two touchdowns in Saturday's 37-3 route of Minnesota. As for the Wolverines, they survived. I mean, we told you, Maryland's not a bad team. I like that coach. That guy should be coaching somewhere big, 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 big time. That guy can coach. Uh, it was the second straight game the Wolverines on offense have really struggled without Jim Harbaugh there. J.J. McCarthy doesn't look like the same guy these last. Now, he might be great this coming weekend against Ohio State. Maybe he will be. But he doesn't even pass for 80 yards in the game for a second straight week. By the way, it was Michigan's 1,000th career victory. No other school has won more football games than the University of Michigan. Kickoff this Saturday is set for noon on Fox. It's the 13th time these two teams have played with both ranked in the top five. That's the most by far of any rivalry in football. Ohio State is 7-4-1 in such games, and it will be the most watched college football game by a ton this season. Number one continues to play like number one. Traces guys, the Bulldogs, Pummel. Number 18, Tennessee, 38-10. to after this Saturday's game against Georgia Tech, the Dogs will face number eight Alabama in the SEC championship game December the 2nd. And we cannot let another Saturday go by without telling you about Jaden Daniels from LSU. Did you see what he did? Now, granted, you can say, okay, it's against Georgia State. They took him out in the fourth quarter. He had over 500 yards of offense and accounted for eight touchdowns. Eight Threw for four, ran for two. Threw for five, ran for one. Forgive me. Brian Kelly said after the game that in his 32 years on the sideline, Daniels might be the best player he's ever coached and might be the best player he's ever seen. In college basketball, you're guys. That's right. Off and running, the UC Bearcats 4-0. Blasted your guys, Casey. And KU at home yesterday, 90-66. to Remember the Norse? They won this game a year ago in route to the NCAA tournament. Victor Lockett, another double-double, 14-14. Dan Skillings Jr., 25 off the bench, had nine rebounds. Georgia Tech comes to town this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock tip. Xavier started 2-0, then lost two in a row. They battled in that loss to Purdue, then lost over the weekend to Washington, but bounced back last night to beat St. Mary's. 66-49. Juggernauts Bryant and Oakland come to town this week before the Muskies will face a legit juggernaut in number six, Houston, at the Centos Center December 1st. And in baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I, when I read it, I couldn't believe it. 
I couldn't believe it. They gave a pitcher a seven-year contract. Aaron Nola, one of their very own. Seven years, $172 million. The rich keep on getting richer, boys. Seven-year deal for a pitcher. It's unbelievable to me. It is, but, you know, when, when the team tries to win, they put their money where their mouth is, and that's what they've done. They signed one of the best pitchers in the league to a long-term deal, and they're going to try to go win a, a, another World Series. So, we'll see. Bad contracts are bad contracts, though. It doesn't matter really where you're at. Seven years for a pitcher. I got another question really quickly. He's already in his, what, late 20s, early 30s, Nola? He's been around up? a while. He's got to be in his late 20s. He is 30. Oh, 30, okay. Okay. All right, what were you getting ready to say, Trace? Forgive me. Yeah, I, I think that there's so much to talk about that uh, that's outside of baseball that we shouldn't really talk about baseball. But um, I do have a I do wonder if Elliot will ever um, he'll ever forego the idea that if you spend a little bit of money when you're super super wealthy, that doesn't make you like super nice. If you're a billionaire and you show up to your Christmas uh, family you know party and you give everybody fifty bucks. Like, does that make you like the uh, the the awesome relative? And then you have your your you know your struggling family members that give you twenty bucks. Who do you think more highly of? Just curious. Oh, that's a lesson in the Bible. Just curious. It's almost like well, since since you're in a major market and you make make exuberant amounts of more money, then then somehow you care more than other people. But like the Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's a terrible example, but bad example. let's let's use the Diamondbacks as an example then. Right. But anyways, let's move on. Because there are other way more important topics. All right. Like I, football. I, okay, well, there's one topic that I want to address really quick because did this guy jump in the chat that you talked about earlier? Who? Uh, uh let me see. I haven't seen him. So I don't believe he's there right I'm now. I'm walking into the office this morning and I see this really colorful truck. It's one of those that like um uh, those services that drive uh, elderly folks around. So they can run their errands or go to their shopping or do whatever they want to do. Yeah. It's a beautiful truck. I'm sure it's a local company out here. And, and the, the, the color caught my eye with all the gray we have outside today. And I wave first to the driver. I'm just like, hey, man, how you doing? Doing good work. I see the guy wave back. I walk in the door, and Elliot tells me some guy's lighting me up for not saying hi back. I said hi first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I, this is the information I've been told. He reached out to me. He said he, he was driving his van. He saw Tom. He waved to him. Tom, it appeared to him at least that Tom didn't wave back. Tom waved first. Wait on, a minute. Uh, on the Make week, on no the week, mistake about it. On the week of Thanksgiving, no less, Tom. I it's waved first. Trust it's, me. It's really sad Trust to see. Trust me. It's the season of love. And, he, and Tom didn't wave back to this poor soul. <laughs> now, Tom, I know you didn't just skip over the most important thing in Cincinnati – this weekend which is what fc oh you mean they finally scheduled that game yeah. after they finished with all the other yeah. things going on it's the biggest game this is probably the one thing in cincinnati for the rest of the year that we'll have a chance to win a championship okay so well, uh, what, bearcat like, basketball is off and running pal but go ahead yeah that program yeah <laughs> <laughs> FC, they played Philadelphia last year in the semifinals. Yes, they, they lost one nothing. Yep, they did. This is their time to get revenge, make it into the finals. Is that at get home? it done? Hmm? Did they play at home? Yes. Yes. This is in Cincinnati. Yes. I was yes. debating going to it. I was debating going to it. When do they play? They play Saturday night. Saturday at night. TQL Stadium. TQL. 
Now, let me ask you this. I'm being serious when I ask this question because I don't know the answer. Nothing else going on Saturday. Does, um, <laughs> I know because they're the number one seed in the, in the East that they have this game at home. Is the championship game played on a neutral field? I actually don't think it is. I think it's played at FC. I think it's played because at Because they Cincinnati. had the best record in the league. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, I was just Boy, how cool would that be? That'd be really I mean, we cool. We joke around a lot, but that would be pretty cool. Get to if see. you had the MLS championship game, if they can win this weekend, have the MLS championship game right here in Cincinnati. That would be cool. How upset would uh, fans in the chat, you guys in this room, be if FC is the first championship we've had in like 20 years? 20 years? 30 years. 30 years? Are you kidding? What? 30 years? Try 34 years. 34. The last was in 1990. Cincinnati Reds. The Bengals have never won one, as you know. Yep. Right? That's right. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you when uh, Cincinnati, when they've been relevant in basketball, because I didn't really follow college basketball. Well, they were often, relevant so. for a long, long time. Yeah. They were. And uh, look, they're off to a good start this year. All joking aside, they've looked good so far this year. And this whole we're going to get into this whole thing later on, because the, the Burrow thing is everything right now. But this... Uh, Look, I went off on this topic a week and a half ago on these two kids that are ruled ineligible. And I mean, you know, it takes another twist and another turn this weekend. Um, some of you may have read the rising kid, the quarterback, really good quarterback, Cam Rising at the University of Utah football team. He missed all of his season because he was hurt. The NCAA has already granted him. I mean, they've already taken the time to look at it. And they have granted him what will be a seventh year of eligibility. Now, you had the COVID thing. He already had another medical, uh, or had a regular red shirt. And now this will be a medical red shirt. So it's well within the rules that they've created. But I tie that to the fact that the NCAA has already said he is given another year of eligibility, a seventh year. We know that one of the young men, young men for UC, has already been ruled ineligible. Two-time transfer. They're not going to let him play. They are waiting on the other players ruling. And the NCAA apparently is not going to make any kind of a ruling until at least December. Do we have some kind of a Wes Miller bite here? Yes, we do. Please run this. I'm, I'm in there, you know, writing on the board while the guys are out warming up. And Aziz was, was, was getting by his locker getting ready. And uh, Bob Mangine, our trainer, walks in. Okay. And, I mean, I'm not trying to get any sympathy here, but I told Bob I've had, I ain't been sleeping real well. So, and Bob Mangine, who is the greatest trainer he cares more about everybody's well-being than any human being I've ever been around. I mean, I don't know what we do without him. But he takes care of all of us. So he walks in and goes, Coach, how'd you sleep last night? And I went, man, I didn't sleep real well. And Aziz heard it. And he goes, Coach, struggling to sleep? I said, just, just recently, I said, I'm, I'm angry about your situation. It keeps me up at night. And he said, Coach, I hadn't slept, I hadn't slept since game started. He said, I wake up every night and I can't go back to sleep. Just and it's like it just kills that that like that kills me. 
I mean, that, you know, you can tell. Look, and some people get wrapped up and say, oh, it's corny and all enough. I mean, you can tell that, this, that, that Wes Miller is genuinely upset about this. And I think rightfully so. Rightfully so. I think it's, I think it's absolutely preposterous. And we keep seeing these waivers, the same exact situation, go through all across, all across college basketball. Every, there's a and new football. Wa- and football. There's a new waiver that gets granted for these guys every single day. For some, for some reason, because it's UC basketball, we're not getting those waivers, which is unfortunate. They've passed every metric that there is to pass when it comes to these things. Every qualification that's been needed, they, Aziz and Jamil, they've gotten it. For some reason, the NCA just hasn't granted it. Aziz, I guess, definitely no. Jamil, by the way, and Wes went on to say it later in, in that same press conference, NCA hasn't reached, reached back. They, they, they appealed. They sent the initial waiver. Nothing. They've, they've heard absolutely nothing. They tried to contact the NCAA. We don't have contacts in the NCAA. So we just don't know. Jamil's just lost. Lost in translation. The NCAA's forgotten about him. We got two players. And this is a damn good basketball team. I think you're right. I, I th- think they've got a chance to be pretty doggone good this year. I, th- I, think, I think this could have been a, absolutely a tournament team. I still think they can be. But you lose two stars. For no reason, for no for no good reason at all, other than the NCA is corrupt, and I and I say that with no love and no respect, because I think it's I think it's nonsense. I think it's absolutely atrocious what's happening to the University of Cincinnati basketball program right now. The NCAA's job is to govern the rules that basically its members create, right? I mean that's the baseline of what their job ultimately is. Yeah. Now I don't know if they do a great job of that really, because when you come down to being a governing body. Usually that means you have to enforce rules, and in in order to do it at a collegiate level with limited amount of time in regards to how long you can play, you usually would, in order to make it all make sense, you have to do things very swiftly. That's probably the area in which the NCAA has lacked and or not done a very good job of for the entirety of its existence is doing anything swiftly, right? They, they punish teams, they punish coaches, they punish universities. Eight years after something happened, when everybody that actually did the infraction is ultimately gone. Um, listen, I think Wes, I see it. I see it a little bit in the middle here. I, I, I think Wes does care about the kids. I do think some of this is is a little like grandstanding ish. He's, he's trying to pitch his case. He's trying to get as many people knowledgeable about the fact that NCAA is making an example out of these kids. He also knew though, and I'm not saying the kids did because I'm not sure the kids. But he also specifically knew when he took these kids in that there was a chance yep. they were not going to get these waivers gone through. Yep. Like That was a part of the deal. I think he's pissed off because he knows ultimately he has a chance to have a really good team. And he gets to see those kids and know them on a personal level. And they probably are hurting. The only thing I would say and push back on this a little bit is this. You know, I do know the identity is wrapped up, certainly even myself. When you, when you grow up in sports your whole life, that is a, a large part of your identity, you know. I mean, that's that that's like ripping almost a family member away from you that's really close to you is taking away the sport that you grew up and you loved and you work hard enough to get a scholarship at. The other part of this, though, is just like I'm hopeful that those kids will get a little perspective and say, okay, worst case scenario here is I just don't get to play basketball. I still got a lot of people that love me. I still get to go to a good school. I still get my school paid for. I get to practice. I get to play next year. I know that's easier said than done, and I know that it sounds terrible for me to sit here and say that, but, you know, I guess it's, a, it's an easier way of me saying that it, it's not the end of the world either. So, uh, I, I would throw back a little bit because Aziz's family is in a completely different country, and he is all alone, and this is all he has. 
I would argue that a little bit. Sure, it could be worse. You could have a terminal disease or any any number of bad things. You get hit by a truck when walking walking across the road. But this is the kid's life. This is his future, and he's not he's not being able to play for no reason. And I think that's why Wes is mad. It's not because that these waivers are denied. It's that because there's no reason behind it. There's no justification. The reason is because the schools don't want them to be transferring all over the place. So they're trying to make it. Call it whatever you want. But why is it, it, in pla- it why is it in place then? There are people that get that in 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 the justice system all over this country that get made examples of when they don't deserve to be made an example of. You know, something goes on for so long and then they're like, "You know what? We're tired of it. I don't give a damn anymore. We're tired of it. You're getting punished. I don't care. I don't want to hear the end of it." These transfers and the transfer portal, the NCAA got crushed for it, and they are the ones that caused the issue. Yes. And unfortunately, the kids are the ones that are going to pay the price for it. And the schools are the ones that really don't want these kids going all over the place. Mm-hmm. If you ask college coaches a year or two ago, and you went, to the, you went and watched press conferences, they're all complaining, Tom, about how these kids, you know, they can do whatever they want. We got kids out there trying to get NIL deals, and they could go wherever they want after every. So the NCAA listened to its members, which is the schools. They didn't want this anymore. And now they're making examples of all these kids. And I'm not saying it's right, but it's not like it's for no reason at all. But they should have done, to be fair, and moving on here, because I don't know if it's a subject or maybe a topic that people want to talk about for an hour. The last thing I would say about it is this. If they wanted to do that, Tom, why didn't the NCAA just say, you know what, we're done with it. We're, you, you transferred two times, you're done. You can't, you, you're, you're sitting out a year. But if that starts next year. You can't just do it like after these kids left and they thought they checked all these boxes off. It's true. It's true. It's true. But because uh, I, I really, I, I'm with you, Elliot. I think that uh, I, I think that UC's got a chance to have a nice team. I mean, they they got some good players on that team. Uh, now they haven't played any juggernaut lately uh, so far this year, and they're going to play plenty of them playing in the Big Twelve. Um, but they they've looked good. They've looked good so far against their level of competition so far. To be fair. All right, boys. Uh, look. Uh, last Friday, we were talking about the loss to the Ravens. We were talking about Joe Burrow's injury. We feared that this would be the news we would receive, that he was going to miss, if not significant time, he was going to miss the entire year. We know now he's going to miss the entire year. He's got to get this thing surgically repaired, uh, his wrist and so we see where this goes now. Apparently, there's still this investigation going on in the NFL with this brace thing and all this sort of nonsense about that he heard it before the game and practice or whatever and not on the injury report. Anyway, that's a different topic. Casey, I got to tell you, you are normally the one who sits in that chair, spinning the dials, yep. getting everything set up and looking through the orange and black colored glasses that being the orange and black colored glasses, that everything is right in the world of the orange and black with the Bengalis. But here we are on this Monday morning, and I am actually the voice of optimism. And you are the voice of straight-down pessimism. You said they are D-U-N done. Well, Tom. For making the playoffs. Did you say on. it or not? I said that I did, did not have. Did you say it or not? You I said, said. No, you said they're done. I said they're pretty much done. No, you didn't say pretty, said much, they're pretty done. much done. You said they're done. Well, regardless of what I said, I think the 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 path forward to making the playoffs or whatever sort of goals that we want to have being above 500 is going to be a very tough task moving forward. Very, very tough. And you look at 
if we're going to look at the playoffs, I think that's already put to bed, to be honest with you. The Browns winning against the Steelers. Now they're 7-3. and three. Um, Your only chance is really beating the Steelers twice. And track record shows that the Steelers have not been below 520-something years. And you're getting a quarterback that we don't know what he's going to do. But we've seen enough what happens when he gets pressured in his face. We've seen what it looks like. Doesn't look very pretty. Doesn't look very good. The Ravens got all over him, all over us on offense uh, Thursday night. And uh, the Steelers, they got embarrassed this week. They got embarrassed. And I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to play aggressive. Now, the good thing about the Bengals' position is that you're playing from an underdog spot. You're playing from uh, no expectations um, sort of mentality, and you can do things that maybe you wouldn't normally do, take risks um, that might get you over the hump. But I have a hard time believing with what we've seen from this Bengals team on offense, on defense, that it's going to get much better with a, a backup quarterback at the helm. I don't think it's going to get better at all. I think I, I, So I, you're I, saying D-U-N done? I think it's D-U-N done. I don't think it's, I don't think it's plausible or realistic – uh, because the thing that the Browns have, and, I, and, and Tom brought it up in the monologue, when Dorian, God knows whatever his name is, when Dorian Thompson Robinson, whatever the hell, when he comes in the game, they haven't been they've been winning games because of Deshaun Watson all year. They've been winning games because of their defense. Right. The Bengals' defense has been has been getting gashed yep. left and right for several weeks now. Yep. The Bengals' offense is like Tom has, has mentioned the past couple weeks. They've been struggling as well. Special teams hasn't been great either. So I we're gonna go down the we're gonna go down the line here, and this team just appears not to be very good. All of this is not gonna be helped by the fact that Jake Browning, a guy who's been in the NFL for five years and has never been given a chance, is gonna be trying to figure himself out in the league. We're five and five. The time is now. You have to win. You have to win. You have to win. If you don't beat the Steelers, I mean, it's mathematically over almost. Yeah. If, if, I, you, if you can't if you can't beat some of the teams ahead of you. What are we doing? I, so, would, I would almost encourage fans to not even strive for playoff expectations. Why? I would rather why just win. throw in the towel? I would you rather us just You're all about Obama do... and hope and change. <laughs> all about and so Obama. you're going to throw in all hope? <laughs> Tom, you know better than that. Uh, listen, I was – I would encourage fans <laughs> to go at this week by week. Go at it like I want to sweep the Steelers and then we'll see where we're at. I want to at least beat the teams that I don't like, like the Steelers, like the Browns. Anything else is kind of like a cherry on top to me. Like, in all honesty, like, I've shifted my focus completely from trying to win playoff games to just player evaluation to just, you know, if we win games, I'm happy. If not, I'm not going to be upset about it anymore. I'm not going to be um angry i'm not going to be down for the rest of the year because i'm not going to have the expectations of playoffs i will hope for a positive record i think that has a lot of uh meaning to it i think that um shows the will and fortitude of the team but it's a tough task moving forward they gotta have a winning season pretty much if you're gonna break this up they have to remain four and three or whatever that record is um, for the remainder of the year, and that's just going to be a tall task. So take it one week at a time, see where you're at, try to beat the teams that you don't like, and just have fun with the rest of the season. 
What don't does, don't strive for playoffs. Fun. I think that, I think that <laughs> that's the stuff parents used to try to tell me when I coached basketball. Have fun. Let me yeah. tell you what having fun is. Having fun is whipping somebody's ass. That's right. Well, I agree. That's winning. That's winning. That's baby. having fun. Yeah, I, I, this isn't participation trophy time. I mean, I you look back at it. Come on in, Trace. Come on in. Come Doesn't on, matter. Trace. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Sit down. Have a seat. Welcome. Sit down. Thanksgiving week. Uh, <laughs> Let's have some fun. Um, I'm here to have it. I'm trying. I, I I'll be curious to see what, what Zach Taylor draws in terms of a game plan. Because the game plan really hasn't worked this year with Joe Burrow. Right. So if, if he can make it work, maybe this may, – I'll tell you what. Maybe Zach Taylor becomes a good coach now. Maybe he takes he, he takes Jake Browning. He's able to run, take the ball under center more. They're able to use Joe Mixon a little bit more, run the ball, get some play action, get Jake Browning moving. He's, he showed that he was able to scramble a little bit, get, get, him, get him in his legs, run some RPOs. Let's just uh, – to Casey's point, if the season – if everybody already is claiming you're dead – you got to say, you know this term, Tom? It's called YOLO. Remember, you ever hear of YOLO? YOLO. You only live once, Tom. Ooh, That's what I it like means. That. You only live once. Is that, and, is that somewhere in your, your bag of tricks along with the yeah. hungry dog runs faster? Uh, it's, it's right next to it. Both <laughs> okay. of them aren't mine, but I use both frequently. If, you, if everybody's already counting you off dead, draw some crazy stuff. The stuff, you're not, the stuff that you've been drawing up the past 10 weeks hasn't been working. It's worked, I'd argue, two games out of 10. Man. So... Just go crazy with it. If, 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 if everybody's going to rule you out as dead, go crazy with it. See if you can scrape a couple wins together. Do I think it's plausible that the Bengals can, can get into the postseason? No. But we were talking about the path, and, I, and we have the path. I was looking at, I was, I was looking at the yeah. uh, in-the-hunt graphic. Right. There is, there is a chance. There I mean, is. The, the Colts are ahead of us. I don't think the Colts are very good. And the Bengals play them. So right now the Colts are yep. ahead of the Bengals only because of their conference record. The thing that would take precedent over that is if you beat them. So of three of the teams directly in front of you, correct me if I'm wrong here, right? right. Of three of the teams directly in front of you, you already have a tiebreaker against Buffalo. You've already beaten them, right? Yep. You can win a tiebreaker against Pittsburgh if you beat them twice, yep. right? And you can win a tiebreaker against Indianapolis if you beat them, correct? Correct. That's right. All right. And they've lost a tiebreaker conceivably to, um, obviously, we know about the, 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 the Ravens. But they've lost a tiebreaker already to Houston, which won again yesterday. But please continue. You're right. There's well, a pass. Well, Houston wouldn't be – in this scenario, Houston right now has – I'll just go through it. The one seed is the Chiefs, two seed Ravens, three seed Jags, four seed Dolphins. The Browns have the fifth seed. They're yep. the best wild card team. The Texans right now would be the sixth uh, team in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they're the second best wild card team. Right now, after them, it's the Steelers. I think the Bills, they play a gauntlet of a schedule. That's going to be tough. The Colts are the Colts, and I say that with love and respect, but Gardner Minshew is not a very serious quarterback. I think he's a serviceable backup. I think he's done a great job. Five and five is far better than any Colts fan would have thought through 11 weeks of the season. Uh, the Broncos, I don't know what to feel about the. We can talk about the Broncos a little bit later in the show, but I don't understand the Broncos. I don't know how they win games, uh, but uh, apparently they're good now. They they started were they one and five Casey is that right? Yeah, they were like one and five. Yeah, I so they've won four in a row. But my point is, if you can beat the Steelers, you play the Steelers twice. If you're able to beat them twice, and let's be honest, the Steelers aren't good. I we can sit back well, and they have say a good defense. we can say they have a good defense, but their offense is is piss poor. They wouldn't have scored a touchdown if it wasn't for a miracle seventy four yard run by Jalen Warren in that game. Uh, Najee Harris after the game was saying that he's tired of the offense. Yep. So uh, they're they're frustrated right now. Yeah, as Tom said, you have the tiebreaker of the Bills. It just comes down to if, if the Broncos can stay hot, which I have a hard time believing that's the case. 
But if they, if they are, then you tip your hat to them. But there is certainly a path. If Jake Browning can be a serviceable quarterback like Trace Fowler believes he, he is, then, then you, there's no reason. There's no reason you shouldn't win a couple of these games and still sneak into the playoffs. I just say, look, I just you talked about the one game at a time, and that's the old coach's cliche, but it is so true. You have to focus. It doesn't matter. High school, college, pro. The next game is the one you got to focus on. Yeah. All right. Does anybody really believe the Bengals can't beat the Steelers without Joe Burrow when you watch that Steelers offense? Now, granted, the Steelers offense the last two weeks, you know, you watch them and you're just like, how do they do anything against anybody? But there aren't many defenses that have been worse than the Bengals defense so far this year. Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe it's unfair to say, okay, they stunk against the Browns. And that means they're going to stink again. And they've been outgained in every game they've played this season. You mean to tell me you don't think? I think the Bengals can beat the Steelers with Jake Browning. 100%. Yeah, they definitely can. I think the – I mean, I said this in the office, uh, I think, late Friday. And, and, and uh, I think they think I'm trying to be a troll, and I'm not. I, I think the Bengals can win every game outside of maybe two the rest of the way out. And I think that they might have, you could make an argument that their quarterback is just as serviceable as the other quarterback on the other team in every game but two. I don't think that I would give them the, the benefit of the, the doubt against Trevor Lawrence, maybe in the Jaguars, and then certainly not Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But every other single game that they play this year, yep. I would argue that the quarterback is not going to be a big difference maker between the one team and the other team. Yeah, because look at who and, you're talking about. You're talking about Dorian Thompson-Robinson conceivably one more time. Yes. You're talking about Kenny Pickett twice. You're talking about Minshew, right? Correct. You're talking about Joshua Dobbs. That's right. who you're talking about. That's who you're talking and about. I just don't think that that is one of those situations. But, but here's the weird thing about uh, Bengal fandom right now maybe is just like, what do you – because I, I actually believe what Casey was saying too, like – what are you? What are you ultimately going for? Like, what's the what's the point here? What what are we doing? And is is it just to enjoy our Sundays uh, this year and just kind of let the let the time pass? Is this going to be a good, uh, you know, pastime for for Cincinnatians just to watch the Bengals go out there and fight? Uh, we all know ultimately, like, they're not going to get to where everybody at the beginning of this year wanted them to get to. So then, are you one of those folks that just rather and you don't want to see them lose on purpose or anything like that, but? I mean, what are you what are you ultimately going for? And I think Casey's got a good point, but I also think Reed Mouses of the world have a good point where they're like, you know what? Reed's the kind of guy's like, I don't give a damn. I want to sit down on Sunday and I want to watch my team win. And if that means they win and I don't get a good enough draft pick the next year, so be it. I could understand that argument too. So I find myself right in the middle. I don't know what to believe. The one thing that I'll say that I personally will be looking forward to, the one thing I'll be watching very closely is just how this coaching staff adapts to their situation. Because it's going to answer a lot of questions, a lot of things that we're going to know really quickly where the holes are, where where's the issues at. And we already talked about how uh, if they miss the playoffs, um, Zach Taylor might get fired. But that was with a healthy Joe Burrow. That's pretty much put to rest. I think the coaching staff is going to be here next year, whether we like it oh, or not. Oh, for sure. But it will tell us, hey – I don't think Zach Taylor can cut it as an OC for sure. I don't think that Lou Anarumo is as good as we think. Things like that. And uh, Are per you saying he's not or you're saying that's a question well, that's out there? 
that will that those are things that could be answered or those are things that could come up as questions in the offseason based on how they play going forward okay. because i i agree with you guys five of those games i don't think the quarterback matchup is all that big of a difference maker if we have a legit super bowl team we will super know bowl. super bowl roster yeah yeah with, with joe burrow healthy if okay. it, it was all healthy all right, okay. right? All right if you have a legit they super, bowl a super roster bowl team with joe burrow but go ahead well, you get the point. They, they were competing. They were, they were. That was a debate, though. To be yeah, that was a debate. Last right in their season. division, there are four teams in their division, and they're dead last. End of story. Go ahead. But you'll know if this team was legit, good enough to go far in the playoffs, whether we want to or not. That, that's pretty okay. much that's right. fair enough. Th- well, let me ask you guys this. Go ahead, Elliot. Then I want to ask you guys a serious question. I was just going to say, theoretically, this team should be able to compete with a backup quarterback. The issue is they were uh, <laughs> they they didn't they didn't go out and find one a, a serious one that is they have some guy at the bottom and I mean the bottom of the barrel I, if he hit, come on let's they be, they would have started him they would have started him they thought they would have chances to win games can we be can we be a Guys, little bit realistic if Patrick Mahomes goes down to injury the Chiefs aren't winning the Super Bowl if, if if you name another team, okay, let's play a quick little game, and Tom's gonna ask a serious question. I am. I'm so tired of people saying the Bengals should have gotten a backup quarterback. That's worth this. What 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 are you what are we talking about? Name another team in the NFL that right now their quarterback goes down with an injury, they win the Super Bowl, guaranteed or not guaranteed, but you feel really good about it because the, because they they got such a great backup quarterback. I, I don't even think that's the. I don't even think that's the question that you asked. Well, who could it, they have gone out and gotten? Like, who's Duke Tobin? I'm going to defend Duke Tobin on one end here, but then on the other end, tell you that Duke Tobin's been masked by maybe perhaps just a couple great players and the rest of his roster is terrible. Right. But my but, but my point, my question stands is, who should the Bengals have gone out and gotten as a backup quarterback that makes you guys think, sit here right now, that if, if it wasn't for Joe Burrow and it was this backup quarterback, no big deal. We're going to keep it moving. This train is still going right down the track for a Super Bowl. I mean, I would have argued like anyone with a resume that has had some success in the NFL. Who? Like Carson Wentz. You think Carson Wentz is going to lead the Bengals to the Super Bowl? And any of those I, guys would have been you guys better are than smoking than some good stuff. Well, well, I don't know if you guys saw winning. the news today. Drew Plitt has been signed, according to our friend Olivia Ray of WLWT. Who is Drew Plitt, you ask? Loveland High School led him to a state championship. Okay, how about that? And then that? went on for a star-studded career at Ball State. He was with the Bengals uh, the year that Burrow had the appendectomy in training camp last year. He's going to be signed. So, I mean, you know, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Drew Plitt. Go ahead. Joe Flacco has just been signed by Cle- the Cleveland Browns, yes, by the Joe way. Flacco. That's going to work out. Joe, did you, I'm just saying. I, I'm, it's not about what are you it's saying. Not, it's not it about, just <laughs> about the resume, right? I think that's what, all we want. I'm trying to figure out what you guys are saying. I'm saying. I'm saying when my quarterback goes down, and nobody can predict that Joe Burrow's done for the year. But I'm saying if the, if the quarterback has to miss a couple weeks, you have a quarterback that you can throw in there, plug and play, and you win a couple games. If you if your starting quarterback goes down, yeah, it's over. It's over. You're saying, a, you're, saying, you're saying like a guy I, like Jake Browning who, who, who came in the game I'm and scored like just Jac- as many I'm, points I'm saying, as Joe Burrow I'm did? I'm saying a guy like Jacoby Brissett. I'm who saying, had a, I'm, over 100 quarterback rating? I'm saying a guy like Gardner Minshew who has led the Colts to a 5-5 five and five record when that team was projected to be trash. What did Jake Browning do to you guys? Everybody, everybody, it's not, it's everybody not. in Bengals fandom that I see hates on this yeah, guy. Why? And I just don't get it. Because you watched him in a couple preseason games when it, I'll say it again for everyone that wants to get mad at me, that don't mean shit. Well, they did. They don't mean anything. They did you don't get, you don't get to have it both ways. Because he was competing for the backup job with Trevor Simeon. 
So those those games this year for Drake, Jake Browning, not necessarily the past, but they brought in a legitimate guy to battle for the backup spot this year. At least a guy that's had some experience and a little yeah. bit of success in the NFL. So those preseason games this year were big for Browning. And to his credit, he won the head-to-head. Yes, he did. I just don't understand why we hate Jake Browning. I don't either. And it turns into like everyone, oh, Trace loves Jake Browning. I, I'm just saying, the guy has not played any meaningful snaps in the NFL. Correct. You can't judge him until Correct. you see he it for now, a minute. Though. You see it for a minute. I'll tell you right now. You, I, I would put a lot of hard-earned money on this. Jake Browning is closer to a legit backup quarterback than Kenny Pickett is of ever winning anything for the Steelers. That's fair. And the Steelers, oh, by the way, are the team right now that is almost getting getting themselves in a playoff position with that specific quarterback. But you guys want to sit around here and taunt that you have a horrible backup quarterback. I'd be a little more pissed off if I was a Bengal fan about how the idea and the notion is that everyone else in the AFC North can win without a quarterback. But by God, if my team loses their quarterback, we have no chance. Because you have an awful roster at the end of the day outside of a couple players. That's the truth. If you think I'm a hater, I'm sorry. But okay. that's the truth. All right, I got a question for you, a serious question. We're, we're having this conversation about Jake Browning, okay? They brought in A.J. McCarron. Yeah. Right? Now, I mean, does A.J. McCarron have more NFL experience than uh, Jake Browning? Yes, he does. Is it a lot? No, it's not. But he did start a playoff game for the Bengals. That was a heartbreaker they lost to the Steelers here after Dalton was hurt back in 2016. Um, and in that game, he threw a pick. He threw a touchdown. He fumbled the ball three times, lost it one time. Uh, in fairness to him, he still put him in a position to win the game after the interception with Roethlisberger with, with, with two minutes to go. And then the, the Jeremy Hill fumble and the rest is history. We, we remember all that. But, you know, McCarron has now been hanging around for the better part of, what, three, four weeks? Yeah. I mean, you've had 10 days. Now, they weren't down at practice where anybody could watch him. So, for all we know, and I don't think anybody would necessarily be shocked. They might be a little bit surprised. But I don't think anybody would be shocked if all of a sudden they come trotting out there today and A.J. McCarron's running with the first team as a starting quarterback. That would be my vote. If, if, so I'm asking you guys, what would you do at this point? Do you go with Browning, younger, much more athletic, much more athletic? There's no doubt about that. He's coming off his first experience ever, and he did not do badly at all. He didn't do badly. Like Trey said, they scored just as many points with Jake Browning in the game as they did with Joe Burrow in the game. They scored ten. Now, granted, it was garbage. I, I understand, but I'm just saying. He, he didn't stink the joint up and throw three picks and fumble and all this sort of stuff, right? He ran around pretty well, okay? Was he, was, was he Joe Burrow? No, but that's the reason he's not starting because he's not Joe Burrow. But would you go with, and I'll, I'll start with you, Elliot. You're ready to go with this. Uh, would you go with Jake Browning this Sunday, or do you turn the reins over to A.J. McCarron? I would, I would give – at this point, I, at this point, you'd stick with Browning. But I, I do think A.J. McCarron is, a, is definitely a serviceable backup. I know it was a long time ago in 2015 – he, when he was with the Bengals, obviously, when, when – what, what do you want me to say? What, no, what are you I, laughing at? I just that, – that, that, that number shocked me. Keep going. What, I, I what, what, what shocked you? <laughs> 2015, that's like, that's like bragging about well, – That's the last time Jake Browning was about. relevant. That was yeah. literally the last – it's the same time. 
They both played meaningful football at the same time eight years ago. Uh, but here's the thing. A.J. McCarron threw for nearly 70%, 66%. He threw for 854 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions. Yeah, he in did the, all right. In the, in the three games without Dalton. Yep. That's about 280 yards per game without Andy Dalton, with A.J. McCarron as your starting quarterback. I think that's a serviceable quarterback. Yeah. I think he's proven that he can be that guy. Now, for a long time, he maybe hasn't been that guy. I would argue that, again, same, similar to Jake Browning, has not received a lot of opportunities because, again, it's a backup quarterback. But, yeah, I, I think A.J. McCarron could certainly fill the role. AJ, and it would be a revenge game. But you yeah. are saying for – because, look, let, let's be honest about this for a second, okay? I mean, completely truthful. We've talked about time after time because they started the year 0-3, then they go 0-2, oh, then they go to 1-3, okay? How many weeks in a row have we said now it's a must win, okay? This game this week is pretty much you win, at least you have hope, right? If you lose, forget it. I mean, just forget it. You're not making a playoffs. Okay, I agree. You're not you're not going to make the playoffs. You have a chance if you win this week. So you're saying what I'm asking you again is this. If you believe in that theory that I just laid out, that this is the biggest must win game of the year against a team that you can beat. Okay, this isn't a world beater Steeler team. Great defense, but not a world beater team. If you think this is for the quote-unquote, the old cliche, all the marbles, then why are you going to wait on McCarron instead of Browning this week? If you think McCarron ultimately is a better player, because let's be honest about it, neither one of these guys figures into your long-term plan. No, if you get beat, not. you're going to play one or the other the rest of the year, if not both, right? That's right. All right, so why all of a sudden you went from literally in one breath saying McCarron and in the next breath saying, well, this weekend I'll start Browning. Yeah, well, I, I think right now Browning has seen more reps with the Bengals than McCarron has, this Bengals team. Yes. So for that reason, I stick with Browning for this game. But if Browning can't play, you immediately, you immediately put in McCarron. It's not a second thought. Yeah. But as of right now, Jake Browning is our quarterback. I would start him against the Steelers. It's no question. Uh, people are in the chatter saying it. I, listen, I don't think he played bad. I don't think he played bad in that game against or against the Ravens. I don't. I think he was a serviceable quarterback in, in an impossible situation. I think he was scrambling. I think there was a couple throws, even the even the ball that Trent Irwin dropped. There were a couple surgical throws that that guy yes, made that were. I was impressed with. Yep. The issue I have with him is he doesn't know how to react when that abysmal offensive line, which continues to be the issue of this team, continues to be it when 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 that offensive line breaks down and he has two seconds to figure out where the hell he's going to throw the ball that's my issue with him I think he could be a serviceable quarterback but under these conditions I don't think he will be I think I think the Steelers are going to pressure his ass he's going to get sacked eight times and, and, and we'll see if he can make a couple throws I think they're going to be throwing the ball downfield more I think you're going to see a new playbook which yeah. to Jake Browning's credit that will be possible now a lot so, more running, you would think. A lot more yeah. running. I think he's going to be throwing the ball down. I think he's going to gunsling more. I, you saw it a little bit against the Ravens. And again, it's not my method of throwing a ball where you throw 50 yards downfield and pray to God that they throw a pass interference flag. But it worked. So if, if that's the method, if that's the motto, if that's what we're going to go with with Jake Browning, I don't hate it. I, I, but I, my whole point of this is Jake Browning, when, when you don't try to get a backup quarterback and you're left with Jake Browning, nobody wants to be in that situation. That was my point. Has nobody given a chance? No. And, and, that, and that's fair. This all stemmed off the idea that everybody wanted to laugh and, and, and joke and, and think that, it, you know, some people were crazy. 
that Jake Browning was a net better option at the beginning of this year than Joe Burrow was when he literally couldn't move. And I think if you want to be rational about it, I think you could probably make the argument that that, that actually was true, that you could actually form a game plan around the idea of running Joe Mixon, play action off of Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. yep. bootlegging out, throwing the ball at, at the very most 10, 15 yards down the field. You don't need to, like I said before, you don't need to have a guy making back shoulder throws all over the place. Zach Taylor, we'll see. We'll see if Zach Taylor's worth 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 what he supposedly may be or may not be. Many people don't believe in Zach Taylor. They think he's masked by Joe Burrow. And that, I think, happens a lot in the NFL. I think a lot of great players, you know, I don't want to say mask, but I think a lot of great players make good coaches in the NFL. But I would just say don't be shocked when the Bengals change their identity a little bit and they decide, you know what, we're going to run the football, and they might actually have success doing it. I agree. They might actually just run the ball for three, four, five yards of carry, and then they turn around, they do a little play-action pass, and they have a guy wide open in the, in yep. the, in the, in the flat. A little crossing route. A little crossing right? route. Right. It's wide open in the flat. And you know what? I would say you should be encouraged about Jake Browning, basically, at the line, auditable, because he's seen that they were literally zero blitzing, they were at one point. I think the Ravens brought like nine guys, and he said, "You know what?" To his point, and what he should do, he gets the ball out. And he's just going to throw a jump ball to Jamar Chase, and if it turns out that Jamar Chase can't catch it, and/or he gets pass interference, that's the right play. And I'm not saying he's he should do that every time, obviously. But if they're going to send nine guys, which is what the Ravens were doing, they were like, "Hey, let's see what this guy can do." He threw the ball 30 yards down the field, and they got a 30 yard gain. The Ravens decided they weren't going to blitz nine guys again. Now, right, Casey, who would you start? Uh, you know, Tom, AJ McCarron or I, Jake Browning. If I had, if I was the one making the choice, I would pick AJ McCarron, and it's it's probably not even close for me because AJ McCarron, whether you like to make fun of the XFL or not, I mean, he was tearing that league up. That's he, the last time. That's the he last was. time we've seen him play that's on right. a TV screen. He threw for 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, six interceptions in nine games. Also ran a couple and for rushing. I mean, he was the MVP of the XFL. I would take my chances with that. I would. You know what? I, I mean, I, I can't sit here and say anybody's right or anybody's wrong on this decision. I, I hear you. I mean, you're exactly I mean, right. He, if you're looking at getting competitive snaps, now granted, not on the same level, that's a given. But competitive snaps, and you hear, I mean, Jake Browning even said it after the game the other night. Uh, and, and I read where the, the, the Ohio State quarterback, McCord, said the same thing the other day. It's such a, it, it's night and day difference. Snaps in practice, snaps in scrimmages, snaps in preseason compared to real, live, meaningful games. And McCarron has played in a lot more of those just in the last 12 months. Yeah. Now, it ain't the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Right, whoever they were facing in the XFL, but That's the rules a are a little different, though. They What's are allowed, those rules are a little different now too. The pressure that they get, you're allowed to headhunt in that league. You're allowed to do a lot of crazy stuff. That it's a little bit of a different game. And he's also, if you look at the stats here too, he's throwing forty times a game, thirty five oh, yeah. times yeah, a yeah, game. Yeah. That's more of Joe Burrow's play style. So. Would that's you, basically what I'm looking at. He's, he fits more of the mold of a pocket passer, fits the mold more of a uh, typical Bengals quarterback. Would you rather, though, like, I mean, genuinely, I would rather just lose the rest of the games if I was a Bengals fan no. and or have. No, listen, I'd, I'd, either, I'd either have a dumpster fire at quarterback that just doesn't work 
or I'd rather have a guy that I don't know anything about that who knows, and you can laugh all you want, but at least you don't know what the ceiling is with Jake Browning. I know what the ceiling is with A.J. McCarron. Yeah. I've seen it. It ain't good. It ain't going to get you anywhere you really ultimately want to go. So if you just want to stick, stick, stick like some putty on the pipe and know that it might fix the water leak for like next 10, 15 minutes to make yourself feel good, by all means, go ahead and do it. But the truth is, I'd rather just go with the guy I know, I know nothing about, and who knows? Just maybe, hear me out, maybe the guy turns into Brock Purdy. Or maybe he turns into somebody that you right. just that, that's really good, and you're like, I can't believe this is happening, but God bless it. it just, just because you brought it up, what if that does happen? That what, what sort of position shame. are we? What what sort of position are we at, at with Bengals fans? I don't know if we want to go down that road. I so you're really scared don't. that Joe Burrow might be the quarterback. Guy that, con- I do not need. I do not. What's he saying, Tom? What's he saying, Tom? Controversy. Tom, it sounds like he's saying there might be quarterback controversy. I don't want to even go down that road. Oh my God. I don't even want to try to go down <laughs> that road. They just gave the guy two hundred and seventy million dollars. Jake Browning could come in here and throw 29 touchdown passes without a pick. Joe Burrow ain't going anywhere. What about Brock Purdy? Or not Brock Purdy. Uh, what about well, Jake Browning? Browning? You, gotta, you know what? If that happens, like Trey said, you say, God bless you, young man. Thank you for everything you gave us. We hope you can go out and get a contract somewhere and be a full-time starter in this league because you've been sitting on the bench for five or six years. God bless you. Thank you. You got us to the playoffs. Life would really come full circle if he went to the Steelers after that. Oh, God. That's right. <laughs> or the Brownies. Oh, no, they got their man. They're $250 million. Flacco. They got Flacco. I, I'm, with, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, though, on the Browning thing. I mean, you know, look, I, I think – does McCarron give them more at least uh, theoretically more stability? Perhaps. It's experience, yes. But, I mean, come on. Browning's a younger man. He moves better. Um, this is really going to test. And Trace Point, we've, we've all said this. And I feel like a lot of times I've been the lone voice in the wilderness in this. I'm, I'm, more, I'm wrong 10 times more than I'm right. But I'm the one two years ago or a year and a half ago when this show started that was wondering about the play calling on this team and was, was Burrow and Chase and Higgins and all this Boyd and all these stars masking what really was a, a slightly better than average offense and slightly a middle of the road, if not below average play caller. And I, now all of a sudden... There's no Joe Burrow. So we're about to find out. Now, look, if the offensive line doesn't block, that's not Zach Taylor's fault. I mean, if Zach Taylor comes out and does everything that Trace just said and said, you know what, boys, we're going to become a 70-30 team, 65-35 team, run to pass. And you line up the guys against the opposition and they stink up the joint, you can't run the ball. And now you're putting Jake Browning or A.J. McCarron in third and nine, third and eight, third and 11, third and 12, third and 14. Nobody's going to win playing that way. Nobody. But if all of a sudden they show you a little something now, change it up a little bit. I think the best point that's been made on this show today is when Trace talked about these quarterbacks, they're going against the rest of this season. And I'm not even sold on Lawrence. Lawrence has turned the ball over more this year than he's thrown touchdowns. Now, it's at Jacksonville. But, I mean, come on now. This team got boat raced two weeks ago on their home field by the Niners. Niners are a good team. But, I mean, they got boat raced 34-3. to Now, they won over this weekend against a terrible Tennessee team. But, you know, I mean, now, Mahomes is a, forget, right? Stupid, even waste your breath. But, I mean... 
Kenny Pickett twice, Dorian Thompson-Robinson once, Gardner Minshew, who has put up good numbers with Indianapolis, granted, and Joshua Dobbs. None of those four would you put maybe in the top, were there 32 teams in a league? Yeah. They wouldn't be in the top 30 quarterbacks, none of the four. You're probably right. Yeah. Pickett right. may be right on the fringe, and that, and but that's, and that, and on that's, that fringe of 30. If Kenny Pickett comes out against the Bengals on Sunday and throws for 300 yards, yeah. three touchdowns, right. then what are we even doing That's anyway? right. That's exactly right. So the, the whole team has to perform, and maybe Trace is right. Maybe this team is a little bit fraudulent. So uh, I, 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 I'm hoping Jake Browning can be serviceable enough. The roster should certainly be serviceable enough to win a couple games with him. I hope, I hope he gets the four. I hope he gets the four wins. Uh, Tom, before we get into our 11 o'clock ads and whatnot, I want to go through some of these Super Chats because I think uh, you'll want to hear and listen to I some do. of these. I do. You sure about that? Yeah. It better uh, not be some clown who accused me of not waving to him when I waved uh, first. I don't he think was there's in the any chat, of that. Tom. Did you see him? No. Colton who is? Was, Colton, his name is Colton. He was in here. Colt, you, you've been here a lot before. Go ahead. Drew Garrison says, bet your job on the game, Tom. Michigan wins, I get your job. Ohio State wins, <laughs> you get mine. My job stinks. Any Drew, thoughts on, on that? No, Drew, we've already agreed that you're going to be here <laughs> when? Next, when did, when did he say he's coming? So he Tomorrow? said he was coming Wednesday. Yeah. No, he said he was coming Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. I think you said, Drew, you're coming tomorrow. I think that's what you said. Okay? Get five minutes, right? Or and no, that, said that's we're going to give wins. him next week uh, an appearance on the show to talk up Michigan. We've said that already. Yep. So, okay, Drew, thank you. What, what else we got? Sir Boy. Oh, boy. Said OH, and then he uh, X'd out your – Last part of your name. That's right. Nonsense in Saturday. Somebody put up on Twitter on X yesterday. How can no team in the NFL hold C.J. Stroud to 27 points or fewer and Michigan did it two years in a row? Just saying. Go ahead. Swaggy Plague says, breaking news, Reed is fired. Best deal ever made. No, Reed is just gone on vacation for the holidays. And then uh, Harrow says, what kind of boats do what you does have, that Tom? Mean? I think it's because you always say boat racing oh, teams. I wish but, I had a boat. And Colton, by the way, your guy, the waiver, Tom, he just joined Nutcutter Nation. So how about that? Nice. Nice. Oh, I'm yeah, not going to say nice. He's still accusing me of not <laughs> waving. And I wave first, so I'm not going to say nice. Are we sure this is the same people? He, that's what he's saying to his friend Elliot. Yes. Right. That's what, that's Elliot's got lots of friends that are trying to sabotage the show or the chat somewhere. Get, get, that's a All right, are we ready? So are we ready? Yeah, are we sec. ready for the weather today? Give me, yeah, give me a sec. My God. <laughs> Molly says Colton works around the block from us. That's yes. right. That's right. That's and Colton, it. listen, you can be my guy if you'll just, if you'll just realize. I waved first. Maybe that's why you didn't see me wave a second time. Because I saw your beautiful truck there coming you down go. the road. Hey, man, how you doing? Love the work you're doing out there. Helping people and get around and, you know, all that kind of thing. All Thank right. you. I think you just got to the bottom of the case, Tom. You figured it out. It's okay. Go ahead. Elliot. Welcome Elliot. back to the weather. Hey, 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 everybody. Listen up. Uh, the weather outside, brutal, terrible. Uh, it, it feels good, but there's no sunshine or anything like that. So if you're expecting to get some, you know, some rays, maybe get a tan in, not going to happen today. It's going to be up to about 55 degrees, low about 40. 
the, the fall weather, man, Reed, Reed makes fun of the weather every single, every single day in the fall. Oh, Casey's got his phone. And this is, again, this is what you do. You go to Channel 12 or whatever the hell, and they're going to give you seven different reports about the same shit. Uh, 50 degrees. Yeah, that's what I said. Cloudy. Look up in the sky. You'll see it. Uh, nothing special there. I went to Notre Dame, though. I went to Notre Dame on Saturday. The weather there was cold. And I guess it was because of the lakes. Uh, if the wind blows in, uh, I, I guess that's a weather phenomenon there. Up in, up in South Bend, Indiana. South Bend is a, uh, I was going to say it's a nice town. It's not. South Bend's hideous. You ever been to South Bend? I've not been to South Bend. So, yeah, South Bend would be like if a zombie apocalypse happened today. And it's happening right now in South Bend, Indiana. It's brutal. Uh, Notre Dame campus, that campus is beautiful. Beautiful. All the money in the world goes there. Uh, it hasn't touched the rest of the town, though. South Bend, it's, I mean, it's like Gary, Indiana, but with like a historic football team. Not good. Other than that, that's the weather. That's it. Uh, now, usually, now, Reed and I, should I go with the chip or Ronald Reagan? Which one, which one would you like? Chip. Okay, Chip, over to you. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Ronald Reagan bit. Um, question. I, I mean, people are asking, I think it's a relatively serious question, is, and, and you don't have to answer it. Maybe you can just answer it off air here. You yeah. Don't, you don't have to get online. Yeah. Um, why were you in South Bend? I was in South Bend. I, here, let me, I'll walk this way. Can I? No, I think that's just about, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you figured it out. Okay, so let me get on my knee here. No, I don't know. Yep, go. Yep. You got it. You yep. got it. Okay, yep. all right. I'm in, I'm in the frame. Uh, I went to South Bend. We usually get a pair of tickets to Notre Dame every year, my family. Oh, really? I, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Is that a Catholic but, thing? Or? No, it's not a Catholic thing. It's just my, I, my dad knows people, and, and then they give us tickets, and I'm very grateful for that. It's a cool stadium. It's an electric stadium. It's an electric atmosphere. Uh, but, yeah, we, go, we try to go every year. It's just fun. I don't like Notre Dame. I don't support Notre Dame. I certainly don't, never supported Brian Kelly that bum. But listen, I, I, I go. It's a fun time. If you've never been, Tom, you might as well go ahead. This show's nuts. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I enjoy it. It's a fun time. There's no specific reason. I just like to go and see cool stadiums. So that's it. Gotcha. So your dad's big leaguer and he got tickets to the Notre <laughs> Dame Stadium. Yeah. That, that's was, a, you... that was a 10-minute uh, answer for a two-second answer. Okay. All right. Well, I think I did my job and that job is to fill time. So let me duck down. Whoop. You did a great job. Great job as always. Go well, ahead, Casey. This show brought to you by United Dairy Farmers. It's also sponsored by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And let me tell you about Pawnee Water. We had a meeting with them a couple days ago. Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. Get Not your coffee tasting. from UDF. Get Pawnee Water. Bet on Betfred. Get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. How about that? And tomorrow, by the way, if anybody's interested, I have some Thanksgiving trivia. And, and Trace put it in our text group chat, Tom. We're going to do a power rankings of favorite um, uh, side dishes slash desserts for Thanksgiving. So that'll be a fun show tomorrow. That will be. That will be. Now, I want to ask the chat out there, yeah. okay, because uh, we're not going to be here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with, with Thanksgiving. So I'm curious, do we want to uh, 
have my dad come on tomorrow? Do we want to have Dave Biddle in from Ohio State who covers the Buckeyes? Or do we just want to kind of open it up to, you know, things we're thankful for? We could do some kind of preview on Ohio State, Michigan. We have to do picks tomorrow, looking ahead. Yep. Okay. What do we want to do tomorrow is the I, question. I would vote Marty. If, you, if, you're, if you're giving us a vote, I vote Marty. I'll put, it, I'll put it as a chat poll question. How about that? Okay. Let's put it out there. Because Marty, um, you know, Elliot, he, you want Marty because he's giving you big pub. Well, yeah. I, I of mean, course. he's giving you of big course. pub. Listen, uh, uh, my friends and family, they love that when I get to talk to you and Marty every day. So, I, listen, I, sure, if you're going to give me an option to vote for Marty or some Ohio State homer, I'm going to vote for Marty. And that's what I'm going to do. So, I, I'm going to vote for the unbiased Hall of Fame broadcaster. That's why he says bring in Marty and Dave. No. No, no, no. This isn't an either-or question here, Casey. What? About do you want Marty or Dave Biddle? This is a question is, do we want Marty and Dave Biddle or nobody at all? Oh, both or none? Both or none. It's an all or nothing. That's exactly right. Double or nothing is one sum. That's right. That's fine. I voted for Marty for that one. Of course you did. Do you think Dave Biddle, God bless his soul, has any chance in that? Yeah, play? that's what I was I thinking. I mean, that's just like, know, come hey. on. <laughs> I mean, that's not fair. I mean, I look, love Dave Biddle, come on. To your point, one guy has just his name in the poll question. The other guy has his first and last name. <laughs> and also in parentheses, it's got actually who he is. <laughs> I mean, I want to make sure that they knew. That's all. Okay. That was a great job. It's, it, just, it, it illustrates exactly the point that we we're all trying to make. <laughs> All right, Colton, by the way, says, E-Train, thanks for standing up for me. Yep. I might have missed Tom's wave. Mm. I think that's what happened. That, that sounds exactly what happened. what happened. I know that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened. I know that's what happened. I think what happened was Tom maybe thought it was the lawnmower man taking a little ride in this van, and Marty's like, "I'm or Tom, I called you Marty. Uh, Tom looked at the van, and he said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not waving at lawnmower man. I would always wave. In fact, I would not only wave, I would, I would begin a lengthy conversation. With lawnmower and man? And even invite him into, if I ever see him again, I'm inviting him on the show. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. That is a guaranteed done deal. I'll do it. I'll do it, yeah. I want to know what makes a me cat like that tick, and we're going to find out about it on this show. <laughs> I, He's just so nothing but a jingle fest. We can bring this his guy just does too. nothing but laugh half the show. We can bring, we can bring his uh, – my laugh is infectious. Imagine if nobody laughed on this show. We'd be just be talking about – it would be like ESPN. <laughs> nobody has fun at all, and it would just be Bart Scott giving shitty takes left and right. Do you see that, Tom? I mean, can do you, you believe it? Do you see what Bart's – I have. The, I sent the clip to, to Casey if he wants again. to run it. Bart Scott <laughs> accused one of the best, most humble defensemen in the NFL of, of, of being a dirty player. Absolutely terrible. It's, if, if Casey gets it up here, it's one of the worst things. Bart Scott, what are you doing, man? I, I, Ryan Clark was over there laughing at his face. Stephen A. was trying to hold it together. I mean, this guy just doesn't have a lot of brain cells. You know, really, and he had the thing last year, like you mentioned. Yep. I mean, yep. you know, the guy is really – I just don't understand in this day and age. My dad went off on a guy. You may remember last year. But, I mean, come on. Come on. If anybody should know, this is why sometimes, you know, it makes you scratch your head. I am all for and always was as a play-by-play guy, right? And it's just like a big duh. You defer to the guy who is actually on the field when it comes to many of the situations, okay? You defer to the guy, in this case, Bart Scott, 
who his entire career, and he had a hell of a career, I mean, he's a hell of a player now, is that he's running around trying to tackle guys. He's paid to keep guys from getting first downs and touchdowns and yards, whatever way he can bring them down. So if there's anybody out there that ought to understand how hard it is to tackle, in this case, Mark Edwards, what's he weigh, 250 pounds? Yeah. Right? Mark Andrews. Runs like Mark Andrews and runs like a deer. Okay, I mean, you know, and this is what the guy said. How's this guy on television? How is this guy on television? Please, roll it. And on the back, and he got Mark Andrews, but he almost Lamar Jackson, too. To me, this is a dirty tactic and a dirty style of tackling. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, when you grab him from the back and you jump, there's nowhere for you to land but in their, on their leg as they're falling forward. Like, they, they outlawed this when it came. They outlawed this with Roy Williams and the competition committee. This is going to be exhibit one. And I, you can, I, I feel you, Archie. I, 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 this is, this is, you know this tactic, you know what I'm saying, dropping all your body weight and landing on the back of players' legs. I'm not going to interrupt between you two because I really the, the, the audience needs to hear from y'all too. Y'all played out there. Now, I can't. I'm not flowing with that Bart at all. I'm, I'm I don't. I don't see it in real time. It's hard. Dropping your, dropping it's hard for me to call out that dirty player. Is all I'm saying. But go ahead, I'll okay. see. Right. Go ahead, I'll see. What's Come your on, response, Bart? Bart, bro, Bart, bro. This a, is the same tackle as Roy Williams. Roy, Roy, Roy Williams. It's not a horse time. collar. Yes, it's not a it's, horse it's, collar. No, with you dropping the weight, it's, it's the not, same effect. One at a time. One at a time. You gotta be able to get people. How, how do you how do you get people on the ground, then Bart? If I'm chasing a guy, is my only chance to grab his waist okay. and run with them down and the run field? Your feet. Like is that you what run I have your to do? Feet, do RC? I have to? You can't run your Bart. You can't you run can't your run feet, feet when he's running away from you. He's running away from you. And so if I continue to run my feet and I continue to run with him, either I got to hope that I'm fast enough to push him forward and he topples over or he just keeps running. Bart, maybe it wasn't intentional, but this is a technique that the competition it's not committee, intentional. maybe the, the competition committee is trying to outlaw this type of tackle. Much All like right, the look, 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 you've heard enough already. I, I mean, it, I mean, seriously, who in the world in their right mind thinks that Logan Wilson is trying a certain style of tackle? It's the only chance he had, like Ryan Clark said, of bringing a guy down. I mean, come on. There are a lot of guys in this league you can beat down and call them dirty players. There are a lot of them. And some of them have played linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals. But Logan Wilson is not one of them. I thought to myself on uh, it, it was when all that talk started, John Harbaugh started it, even hinting at it. Then you get the Bart Scotts of the world. I mean, can you imagine being Logan Wilson sitting there? And look, you can say the guy's being hundreds of millions or tens of millions of dollars, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. He's an NFL player. All those things are true. But it's his character that you're questioning here. You're saying that he's intentionally trying to hurt players. That he's a dirty player. He's trying to end players' seasons or careers. Come on. Terrible. Terrible take. Yeah, what is, what's wrong with uh, our, our psychological human brains that, that, uh, that for whatever reason, that specific rhetoric is the, is, the, is the thing that takes off on social media? It's the reason that people keep letting guys like that talk on air is because it gets views, it gets people to talk about it. I get that's the point, but 
I don't know. I would like to think at some point some people would just have some dignity and not really go down the path that is completely ridiculous, which is what Bart Scott continues to do. That seems to be the only way he can become relevant is to say crazy stuff, a la Skip Bayless's of the world. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that anybody that knows anything about football knows that, that Logan Wilson, those plays really weren't all that dirty. They were unfortunate. And I think I give Harbaugh a little bit of a pass because it was like right after the game. He's probably frustrated because – Three of his guys have gone down, and you know you say stupid stuff sometimes, yeah, and you're you really, do. really pissed off yeah. right after the right after the heat of the moment. And when you have time to reflect, sometimes you have to apologize for that. But you know what? I don't know. I just I would still like to see John Harbaugh come out maybe today in a press conference say, you know, the other night what you just said. Yeah, I watched know, the I was tape. Really emotional, blah, blah, blah. and you know, we've we've gone up against Logan Wilson for three, four years now. There's never been any evidence at all that this guy's a dirty player. And, you know, I was just worked up in the moment, and I hate to see my best offensive player besides Lamar Jackson go down for the season. It's a big blow to our team. But I, but I do want to just say if, if that was, uh, you know, uh, suggesting in any way, shape, or form that this guy's a dirty player, um, then, then, you know, my bad. Yeah, and their linebacker, um, I don't know why, yeah, the Georgia yeah, kid. The yeah, nine, Queen. Um, Say it again. Wasn't Queen? Wasn't, it wasn't Queen. It was Roquan, I, I, oh, Roquan, Roquan Smith. Smith. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Roquan Smith, after the game, kind of had like a, you know, they're doing those interviews, yeah. and he yeah. kind of was like, you know, it's unfortunate. You hate to see a guy go down. And then he made the comment that, you know, ultimately that, that those things kind of, those types of things happen when you play the Ravens. I think people kind of took that out of line too. Yeah. Like they were, they were thinking that he was trying to say that they're dirty. Yeah. I think he was just trying to say that they're a physical team. And that's what the AFC North is. I I would pose the question back to you and maybe the rest of the room is like, is the NFL right now, all of these injuries a coincidence in regards to not just the quarterbacks, but just the overall injuries as a whole? Is it just a coincidence that all this has happened in a short time frame and, you know, you're making more to do about it than it needs to be? Or is this like genuinely the number one issue that the NFL has going forward for their product? Because their product is pretty unwatchable at times because of, you know, because of quarterbacks going down yep. and injuries happening, and it's just ugly football. So I don't know. I mean, what do you do if you're the NFL? You keep changing the rules, but at some point you lose the game that really made it the game. Well, look, you've added a game to the schedule, which now exponentially now all of a sudden makes the risk of injury that much greater, right? Three yep. hours on a football field, 60 minutes. You bring in Thursday night games. Why'd you bring them in? Cash. End of story. Cash yep. machine. Okay, cash cow. But you do hurt the product and the cash cow when the big stars don't play. I mean, think how much money, and I don't know if you could ever quantify or qualify this, but think how much money the league has missed out with Aaron Rodgers just not playing this year, yes. period. Okay, just one guy. Now Burrow, down for the year. Rodgers, down. two of the five biggest names arguably in the sport, right? Out for the year. Well, I guess Rodgers will see. Um, but it, it, it's, it, you know, it, it, when you play more games and when you play games with a shorter amount of time and space in between those games, and the game has changed so much just in the last 10 to 15 years, the speed of the big men. And I've had conversations about this with Urban Meyer countless times. It, I'm not sure any of us can truly comprehend how fast these big men are today. And I only bring up the big men because when you've got 280, 300-pound linemen, the Michigan game the other day, you may have seen it. The, 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 the Maryland guy breaks a big, huge run. 
Michigan had a 330-pound guy caught him from behind. But now you take it to the next level with the NFL. These linebackers, Roquants, these guys are 240 pounds, and they are bullets coming out of a shotgun. They run so fast and hit so violently. That's rarely why you ever see the sweep working anymore in the college or the pro game. The linebackers are too fast now. Yep. Even the defensive linemen are too fast now. Yep. I mean, it, 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 I don't think there's anything you could do. I don't think there's a single thing that they could do to prevent injuries in this sport. It's been that way since the beginning of time. And I think as they get bigger, stronger, faster, it's going to continue to happen. The one thing that I will say that the reason why it's been such a more prevalent big deal, Deshaun Watson out for the season, Kirk Cousins out for the season, Daniel Jones out for the season, Anthony Richardson out for the season, Aaron Rodgers probably out for the season, Joe Burrow out for the season. Justin Fields was out for a large period of time. Derek Carr also out for a large period of time. Matthew Stafford. I mean, I just listed nine starting quarterbacks that have been Garoppolo. Uh, It's it's, it's been really, really, really brutal for the signal callers, which are the stars of the NFL. And it's to your point, not only have the linebackers and all all those players gotten better, but they've also gotten better at getting to the quarterback. Well, I mean, it's almost impossible for this day and age. And you talk to any, I mean, really at the end of the day, and some teams might scheme it better. They might keep in an extra guy. If you just line up the best pass rusher against the best pass blocker, the pass blocker is is at an extraordinarily distinct disadvantage now. Didn't always used to be the case. I yeah. mean, these guys that are rushing on the edge now are a different cat, man. The way they look. I mean, has anybody seen Nick Bosa running around in a pair of shorts? <laughs> See that video they put out of him a couple weeks ago of him getting warmed up before the game? No. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. And those are the guys chasing the quarterbacks, right? Right. Most quarterbacks get hurt not running the ball. They get hurt getting sacked. Their arm will get hit. Shoulder, elbow, hand hits the helmet. Big blow, they go down. Whatever it might be. Broken wrist when they fall on top of you. These are big, strong, fast, violent men. And, and some people have suggested in the chat it's the officials. Officials don't have anything to do with that. There's been bad officiating, but they have nothing to do with quarterbacks going down. Do you think? No, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I, I think it's just players are getting better. And the uh, focus has been, you know, your best athletes go to edge rushers. They go to corners. You know, the those are your most important athletes on the field. I think offensive linemen have just been kind of put to the side because, you know, you just get a big body there and hope for the best for the most part. Yep. You see that with, like, guys like Dewan Jones and – Trent Williams, these guys are just so big. It's so hard to get around them. And, but, yeah, I mean, the, the NFL, the injury problem is a, a huge concern. I know I listed only quarterbacks, but that doesn't even include some of the star players like Justin Jefferson has been out for Nick Chubb. most of the season. Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews just now. Yep. I mean, T. Higgins has been out for a minute. Yeah, T. Higgins. Like, there's been a lot of players that just – this year really does feel like – been bit by the injury bug. That's what I was. I 
I guess I pose the question, but I, I do think it's a little bit of like a coincidence that all of these guys are out. It usually doesn't happen like that. I The Aaron Rodgers thing, too, like he didn't really even get – I don't want to say he didn't get hit, but he, he really – that was just like a – I don't call it a freak accident, but it, it was. It was It was just a part of – it was a part of the game. I mean, it, I don't I don't know what you do if you're the NFL outside the idea that I will – I do think that they're going to get bullied here real soon by the, uh, the the Players Association when it comes to these Thursday night games. I, I, I think that, that you, enough of these guys get hurt, eventually the players are going to be like, we're done with this. You guys can have your money and all that, and we like enjoy having our money, but they've already started to do it with these guaranteed contracts, right? It's like uh, trying to put the, the toothpaste back in the tube, as uh, Wes Miller always says when he goes on his rants after the postgame. I, I just think that the NFL is in a position now where they have started to get so big that they're getting a little too careless and cocky. They, they, they just think that no matter what they do, it's going to work. Now, for the most part, it has worked, yes, but at some point you got to protect your product, and your product is the players. It is, but it's and all about the dough. It is, but at some point, Tom, like they got to refocus and be like, okay, we're doing some things that are not helping our guys, clearly. Let's, let's, let's taper this back a little bit. Maybe flying across the world, coming back, playing Thursday night football, then playing Monday night football and having this crazy schedule isn't the best thing for the players. Now, they're, they're probably going to argue that's not the reason they're getting hurt. All right. Know. Okay. The Amazon, the Amazon contract, by the way, with the NFL, it's through tw the 2033 season. Oh, God. Uh, uh, approximately $1 billion a year. Yeah, $1 billion. So, $1 billion which they a split year. with the players. Till players through get a big 2033, chunk of next yep. 10 years. Yep, ain't happening. I didn't uh, – I was going to bring this up, um, probably a mute point now at this point. I was wondering what they could possibly do for the primetime slot, that Thursday night game, if they wanted to shift it. And I thought, why don't we just make 930 games a thing? Like they just open up the NFL slate every week and you just start, start a game at 930, just one. That starts all the NFL. But the, the ratings are the worst in, in all of NFL. So I don't think uh, that that would it. work. So. I don't know. They got to figure out something, though. All right. Uh, we have to go over picks from last picks. week, correct? They do. Yep. Picks. All right. Here they we do. go. Where are we starting, Case? And uh, Reed is not here. Reed's out for the week, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. Reed is out for the week. Trace, I mean, look at these guys. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, took, I took that I mean, because Trace I got to be honest, Tom. Me. Tom, we have a system around here. It's usually right. It was wrong this weekend. <laughs> I, I got to be – I. I was shocked that the Georgia Bulldogs did what they did. I am never shocked at anything the Georgia Bulldogs do. They are the best, period. Is there a chance they could get beat? Always a chance. Have they lost in two years, two and a half years? No. End of story. Tom, my bosses, they're very good people, Trace and Sean, but they have, this, they have this system Here we go. Yes. when it comes to gambling. Yes. And, I, and I, you know, I, I trust it. I like to trust it. You do? Yeah, I do. How's I, that I working out? I, I believe in it. It makes a lot of sense. They make up the rules as they go, but it makes sense, <laughs> you know, at the time. This was a system play to take uh, Tennessee. They lost by 30. I mean, and, and, you know, I, Sean sent me like three picks. I think all three lost. That's not true. Two well, lost. Not all of them. Oh, so you actually knew the answer. You just were lying on purpose. I was, well, I was trying to exaggerate to make my point. Fair and enough. In either way, the system failed, and, and Trace knows that. I bet system plays myself all around the board, mm. uh, and every one of them lost. I, and this is tough, but that's it. All right, next pick. Okay, go ahead. Next pick. Yep. UNC versus Clemson. That was a seven-and-a-half-point spread. What was the final of that game? Double-checking at this current moment. Give me one second. I think Clemson covered. 
Uh, yeah, Clemson covered 31 to 20. Okay. All right. So, Elliot, you bounce back. Casey, you bounce back. You lost, Tom. Tar Heels can't win a big game. Nope. No, they can't. There was a lot of talk about me. It was Mac Brown thinking about retiring. They come right out and say no chance. Okay, next up. Next game, we got Minnesota versus OSU. And the Mighty Buckeyes cover. Oh, yeah. Reed. <clears throat> he picks against the Bucks every week. Yeah, he does. That's not a good way to make a living. If you're gambling. If you're gambling. Just like Georgia. Don't bet against Georgia. Don't bet against the Bucs. Who's next? Next, we got Washington versus Oregon mm. State. Damn. Tom, we, Elliot. we, we Damn. take another Elliot. W. Elliot. I blame the weather, Tom. There was some bad weather there. So that's that's what I – listen, it was close. Who could have saw that coming? I, I certainly could. Rain in the Mountain West. I, I, I listen. I'm a weather metologist. You and are. I, I've never, I've never ever seen the meteorologist. Rain I'm a weather metologist. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Oregon State. I thought they were going to win this game. Uh, they did not. They it was lost. a 22 to 20 game. Good game though. Close game. Yeah, it was close. Good close game. game. Washington makes just enough plays to win as they've done all year long, and they've got one more game. It looks like now against Oregon. That is going to be to get in the playoff. That's one game guaranteed. You can take all the other games that are out there, potential championship games, mm -hmm. okay? Because if, say, you know, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan against Iowa, who's going to be in the Big Ten championship. If Iowa were to win that, they're not going to the, they're not going to the playoff. Um, if Florida State plays Louisville in the ACC championship, okay? If Louisville wins, they're not guaranteed to get in. If uh, Oklahoma plays uh, Texas, Winner of that game is certainly not guaranteed to get in. So of all the conference games, playoff games, title games, the only one that is a slam dunk guarantee, if Oregon beats Washington, Oregon is the highest ranked one loss team that there is. If Oregon beats Washington, avenging their only loss of the season, and then conversely, if Washington were to win and to stay undefeated, that winner is in the college football playoff. Even 100%. the, even the um, you know, now I would argue that even if Georgia lost to Alabama, the Georgia should still be in. But that's me. I don't know if everybody agrees with that. Uh, I would agree with it at this point. I would, it, I guess it, it would depend. But if Alabama beats Georgia, why wouldn't Georgia, I mean, why wouldn't Alabama be in? They certainly would be in. That well, I don't know about that. You can't put them ahead of Texas. You can't put them ahead of Oregon. That's fair. Because they're, they're ranked behind both of them right now. And yeah. both of those teams would have monster wins, right? Yep. That's true. If, if, Michi I gotta, yeah, if, if Michigan beats Ohio State, loses in the Big Ten Championship, are they in? Michigan? Yeah. Not a chance. Uh, they're out. They're it out. just depends on everything else. Ohio State would have a better chance Ohio than Michigan would. If Ohio, so if Ohio State beats Michigan... Loses in the Big Ten No, 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 no. I'm saying even if Ohio State were to lose to Michigan, but Michigan lost to Iowa oh, I State see what you're I see because what you're of their schedule. I see what you're saying. Michigan would not, I don't think, with one loss would get in. But that's me because I think there are other teams out there with one loss that, that have a better resume, quite frankly. Do you think there would be a bias against Michigan with that committee? I don't think there's any doubt about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think Michigan has to pretty much – run the table to make sure that they're going to be in. Otherwise, they're going to have people that are going to vote them out because of the circumstances that exist currently. Right or wrong, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the truth. The This is the perfect case scenario as to why there needs to be a 12-team playoff and or at least eight. And obviously, it's going to go to 12. But 
why there needs to be a 12-team playoff in college football. Like, there's too many teams that you could make the case for as to being given – they should be given a chance. But I'm going to say something that I don't think is all that controversial if you watch college football a lot. If you want the four best teams in there, then we could just do it today if you wanted to. And it don't, I don't care what happens the rest of the season. That You're right. Be, that would be Georgia. That would be Alabama. That would be Ohio State. That would be Michigan. You just want to put those four teams in a little bit of the tournament? I don't know if all of them are better than Oregon right now or Washington. I don't know. Watch the Pac-12 be frauds like they always okay, are. I, and, and believe me, I, I've, I've been at the top of the mountain singing that song for a long, long time. But those two teams this year with the quarterback play that they have and the athletes they have, they're, they're pretty good teams. They're pretty doggone good. It just comes down to trenches. F- football – it comes down to can you stop the other team from basically imposing their will on you? And I'm here to tell you that those teams out in the West, when it comes down to it, yep. they just can't handle the big boys. Of That's Michigan's, where they get smashed. Ohio State, yep. Alabama, yep. and Georgia. That's where when they get in the playoff, and it's been infrequent for a long time, but when they have had those moments, Mariota and that whole group at Oregon, I mean, they just got absolutely massacred by uh, Ohio State in the title game. Yep. Um, okay, what else we got going on here, Case? We got UC versus Western. Oh, whoa, whoa, West Virginia, Western Virginia, West Virginia. That's who UC thought they were playing, and they they played all their backups. They thought they were playing Western Virginia. <laughs> Almost stopped them. What did you say? Sixty-five carries, three thousand yards on the ground they had against us. That was a tough one. You talk about a tough one yesterday. <laughs> Another There's tough no, one. The Satterfield came on that press conference. He's like, "Yeah, we lost. Got our asses kicked. No shit, buddy." Uh, West Virginia, again, I picked UC there, I think, as a shtick. I, I had, I, there was no way I was going to pick UC to cover that game. How do you give up 426 yards rushing? How does that happen as a Division I Power 5 conference football team? And it's not like you just played Michigan or Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama, right? I mean, you played West Virginia. And you gave up over 600 yards of offense. All right, Casey. What's, are we on to the pros now? We're on to the pros, Tom. All right. It's an easy one for us. It's an easy one. Although it wasn't that easy. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was, a little it was never a doubt. It was never a doubt. I had no doubts. No doubts? No. Nah. That was hard to watch. 10, 13 games uh, are I mean, pretty that brutal. was hard to watch. Okay. Dubs here for the three of us. Next up. Oof. This one, I think, actually, four and a half. Did that Houston cover? Houston covered. Absolutely. Did that cover? Reed's, that, Reed, that, Reed's hot. Cover. Boy, Reed is, uh, to quote Everett, Reed having a clown week. Oof. So far. Okay. Next up. Anyone could have seen this one coming. Damn. 13, huh? What was that spread? 13 points, was not even f- close. No, I'm saying, what was the final? Oh, the final was, I believe, 20 to 13. Yeah, Raiders covered that. Oh, so the Raiders covered? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Okay. Raiders stink. Go ahead. <laughs> Raiders do stink. They do. They, I mean, come on. They won I a mean, couple they're... games. Good for Antonio Pierce uh, if he keeps, you know, coaching them up. I mean, and, and look, there's a guy that's got a backup quarterback, and they had, they had won two in a row there, and, they, and they, they went to Miami. They got beat by a better team. I mean, they hung in there. Go ahead. Next up, we have Vikings versus the Broncos. I'm the only one that picked the Vikings to cover here. That was a trap line. That was a, was a trap line, and, good and, win and by Casey me. took the trap. Good cover, Case. Was that a system play? 
No, no, not a system play. I just thought two and a half was a little too much. All right, are we going to pick the game tonight? Are we out of games now? For the, we have, for this? We already more? picked the game tonight. Okay, we did. So we you refresh see, our memory. If you so this is mind. what we picked for tonight. Okay. Now's our chance to, to change if Ellie, we want to change. you want to change that pick? Absolutely not. Uh, would you like to change a Reed's pick, Trace? Or you can um, make your own pick I'll just, yeah, no, I, I can act like Reed for just a second. You know, I mean, listen, I don't know why everybody has to do this every single year. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that's ever played the NFL. He's the best quarterback that might have ever graced planet Earth. And <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, the best football team in the NFL year on, year out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. And in fact, I would even argue that probably if Patrick Mahomes went down, Kansas City is such a good organization that they'd have a backup quarterback ready to go in no time, and they'd still win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick with Kansas City. All right. Tom, you're staying with Philly? I'm trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with Austin. What would he say? He said if you had eight teams in college football in the playoffs, they would be Michigan, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, Washington, and Florida State. Now, Austin, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt to take Penn State out of that equation. <laughs> Was that an order? No, he that just said he just said those would be the matchups. Why are you guys so down on Penn State? Because they can't win the big one. I mean, look, if I'm a, and I have a lot of friends that went to Penn State, including maybe the greatest player that ever played at Penn State, Mike Reed, defensive lineman, third pick in a draft, whatever he was by the Bengals, all pro four years in a row, and then quit playing football to go become a big-time songwriter, one of the greatest songwriters in, in the history of music. Um, it's Penn State. They've got to be able to compete. It's like I think you can start to ask some questions now about some of these other teams outside of the SEC, to be honest with you. I mean, for the Big Ten, we've all known for a long time it was pretty much – Three teams in the Big Ten. There was a while where Wisconsin's had a nice run. Iowa's had a good run. Their style of play may be ugly, but they've won a lot of games through the years, just like some of the SEC teams, which is where I'm getting at here. But Ohio State and Michigan have run the Big Ten, with Penn State a distant third. And in the SEC, it's Georgia, Alabama, and then everybody else. You've had a year step in there where LSU had Burrow, win a national champ. But most years, LSU, they, they are what they are this year. They've lost three times, you know. I mean, is there anybody out there that competes with Georgia and Alabama? No. Is there anybody in the Big Ten that competes with Ohio State and Michigan? No. Should there be other teams in those conferences that legitimately compete? Yes, there should be. But there aren't any there. I mean, Penn State should be running with the big dogs. That is a big-time job, big-time money, big-time conference, big-time tradition, big-time money, the whole nine yards. They should be right there. They should be right there. And they have fallen so woefully short year after year. Now, they took a big hit after that whole Jerry Sandusky, Joe Paterno thing. They just ravaged the program with scholarships, all that kind of thing. So, James Franklin had to build that thing back from the ground. O'Brien, then James Franklin. But now you're at a point now where it's kind of like the, you know, the Marvin Lewis thing, right? Okay, he's got you this far. Now it's time to bring in somebody who can run with the big dogs. To take you to the next level. Like Zach Taylor. He might be the guy at Penn State. <laughs> I, I, Tom, I just say, I'm just saying that it's hard for me to believe that if you watch the game against Ohio State in Columbus, 
And you're a believer that Ohio State is a team in which can win a national championship or a team that belongs clearly in the playoff. Wait a minute, wait, what, what do you that mean? That you couldn't also admit that maybe Penn State deserves to be at least in consideration for being the eighth best team this, this year. I mean, they're, no. they're not that far off from beating Ohio State and beating Michigan this year. I'm, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying because you're, 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 you're letting the years of attrition of, of over the past 10 years, they've fallen woefully short time yes. and time and time and time and time again. Yes. But if you're telling me right now, would I rather take Penn State in a football game over Florida State? No, I'm taking Penn State. Would I rather have Penn State in a football game over the the, 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 the team that I've seen that's undefeated named Washington? I'm taking Penn no State. No chance. I, no chance. I just am. During, during I, Franklin's I entire run there, their their record against ranked teams is something like 4-19. and 19. And his record against ranked teams, when his team is ranked in the top 10, is like... 2-11. and 11. Without offense at Penn State is running out there this year, Washington and Oregon would beat them by 30 points. Who's the bigger oh. fraud in the top 10, Ole Miss or Penn State? Uh, I would say probably Ole Miss because at least when Penn State played two decent teams, they didn't get boat raced. Ole Miss plays Alabama, who it was, or Georgia, whatever it was, and they're ranked ninth in the country, and it's embarrassing. I think a better debate would be Louisville or Penn State. Who would you take? Because right now they're about the same. I'm taking Penn State. I think Penn State's a pretty good physical team. I think that's yeah. harder to beat than these powder puff football teams they put out in the West, which is all flashy. And that works That works really great when you're playing against other teams that have, as Sean has mentioned many times before, USC has a 215-pound linebacker. Okay. Well, you put that in the SEC, and I'll even say the Big Ten so people don't think I'm homer. You put that type of linebacker in, in, in those leagues, and good luck stopping the run. You're not going to. James Franklin is 3-16 and 16 against top 10 teams. Yeah, but uh, most of those games are against Penn State and Ohio State. So They're I, I against Michigan and Ohio State. But, but again, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this year, there are people that would make the argument. Now, we're not going to find out till they get on the field, okay? But the bottom line is, Somebody said in the chat, hey, they massacred Utah last year in, in the Rose Bowl. Okay, they did. That's fine. It's Utah. It's a Pac-12. All right? There is no, anybody that's watched Penn State this year, there is no way on God's earth that they would beat Oregon or Washington. Their offense and Drew Aller, I mean, they can't find their tail with both hands. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. They can't get wide receivers open. I mean, they had two games. I, I think the chances of Oregon or Washington having more than 80 yards passing, okay, which they didn't have against Ohio State or Michigan, I, I think Oregon and, and Washington would have a few more than 80 yards against Penn State. I agree. If I were a betting man. I would think that, that Bo Nix... And Michael Penix Jr. would be a little bit better than that. Well, I hope for jolly jolly's sake that the West Coast can can step up and they can showcase that they have a really good football football going on out there. Because the last few times I've seen the West Coast, uh, it's been it's been pretty abysmal. I've seen Oregon play, and yeah, he's going to say they traveled all the way across the country. You could have played that game in in, in Oregon. Uh, what was it? Last year or two years ago? It was last year. 
I think Oregon lost 60 to 10 to, to Georgia. You don't you don't lose 60 to 10 anywhere if you're worth a shit. You don't. Oregon was you know what? They're frauds last year. Washington's frauds this year. Put Washington against Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia on any field in the country. You could play it in the backyard of wherever they are and make them feel great and bring all their fans, and they're going to get boat raced. They can't, they, can't, they can't keep up with the big dogs. They just can't. And you know what? Just go to 247 Sports or Rivals so you don't think I'm a homer on the, on the, on the recruiting websites and just look up the recruiting the last four years, and just convince yourself that you think that that team can keep up, keep up with this well, team. Well, now, wait a minute. It's, now, it's Oregon, crazy. Oregon beat Ohio State in the regular season a couple years ago. They did. You're right. And what did Ohio State do that year? That was the only game they lost. They won the national championship? No. They got, they got to the play. I'm saying until the playoff. Yeah. They got there. Oregon did not get there. But I'm just saying, I mean, believe me, I am in your camp on this thing. I agree 100%. But I don't think this year's Penn State team. We were talking about that originally. I do think that both Ohio State and Michigan would beat Oregon and Washington, and we're going to find out. We do get to find out. We're going to. Well, we think we're going to find out. Uh, one of those two is going to be in the game. I tell you, that Iowa team is the one that just shocks me when you really stop and think about it. That team is winning every week, and all we hear about is how great Ohio State's defense is. They're ranked in the top three. Michigan's ranked in the top three. Penn State most of the year in the top five. Iowa scores 15 points every week, and they win every game. Now, you can say, who are they playing? They've not played Ohio State. They've not played Michigan. That western half of the Big Ten, which goes away at the end of this year, is brutal this year. Everybody's 500. They all beat each other. You got Minnesota, and you got Wisconsin, and you got – but I don't know how Iowa does it. I really don't. They fired their offensive coordinator, the coach's son, already this year. How many games have they lost? Two, three? Two. They've lost two. Their schedule's disgusting. I it, mean, is, schedule's it is. Lost. It is. So it they is. beat Utah State. They beat Iowa State. They beat Western Michigan. They lost to Penn State by 30, and they were shut out. They, they beat Michigan State. They beat Purdue. They beat, they beat Wisconsin 15-6. to six. Uh, Minnesota, they lost 12-10. to 10. That was kind of BS, though, because there was a uh, – I believe they, there was some kind of penalty on the game-winning punt return for a touchdown. There was some kind of weird – penalty there. I think they ruled it as a fair catch. They should have won that game. Anyway, uh, Iowa then beat Northwestern 10 to 7 in a shootout and then Rutgers they beat they shut out Rutgers 22 nothing beat Illinois 15-13. Yeah, they they played disgusting yeah. style of football, yeah. but to Tom's credit, they do. I mean, I don't know how they win games. Yeah, and that year I was wrong about the playoff. That was the year Ohio State went to the Rose Bowl. And they blew out whoever it was they blew out out there. And that Jackson Probably Smith a Pac-12 team. It was. Jackson Smith and Jigbit was Utah. It was actually a really good game. It was a high-scoring game on both sides. He had like 350 yards, three touchdowns or something like that. It was actually a, a relatively close game. Ohio State came from behind to win that game. Uh, the second-best team in the state of Ohio is Toledo. They're ranked now. That's right. And they're going to play Miami. My alma mater. My alma mater, Toledo. How, you how about that? that? Miami sucks. All right. Uh, buy or sell time. They've had a great year, Miami. Sure. Don't beat down Chuck Martin's record. All seven of their fans are real enthused. that's coming from an OU guy. All seven of their fans must be real enthused. Well, I'm a fan of Chuck Martin. Chuck I think Martin's the guy's a big-time coach. He watches his show. Chuck we Martin. were asking the question earlier in the day. Chuck Martin has watched this show before. Yes, he has. Well, that's a leader of men. Has ever watched this show? Say it again. I'm has sorry. Sean Miller ever watched this show? Uh, I don't know. He's watched it from our uh, waiting room before. Hey, the Muskies got a big win last night. Buy or sell. 
Let's I'll go. Sell, Buy or sell. Here I'll we sell go. them. Here we I'll go. sell the muskies. Yeah. All right. Bengals win nine games. Buy or sell, Tom? Uh, hit the buy button. Buy, buy, buy. I'm buying. Okay. All right. I'm certainly selling that. Sell, They're sell, not sell. getting the nine. The Vegas over under, I believe, is eight and a half, unless it's changed uh, since I've last looked. But I would, I would place a large sum of money on the under. If they can't win with Joe Burrow, they're not winning with Jake Browning. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Um, man, this is, this is on the Mendoza line. They're either going to win eight or nine games. I'm going to go with uh, – I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Buy, I think buy, they're going to win nine games. Okay. Okay. There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. Yeah, um, do not take this as a, as a negative take. I just don't think that nine wins gets – I don't even think it's close, so I'm going to sell, sell. Sell, sell. I'm just going to sell. You don't think the Bengals? Will I will win be very happy if they get. This year. I will be very. Yeah, they have to go four and three. I understand. I just don't think that's going to. What do you think they're going to do? How many? I, I think three and four is realistic. I think uh, two and five is probably what will happen. Gotcha. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Next up, I have. Yes. Aaron Rodgers can save the Jets. Hmm. Uh, sell. <laughs> by the time by the time he comes back if he comes back at all they're d-u-n done they just benched uh zach wilson last night i tell you i mean you talk about truly painful i mean if they've outlawed waterboarding they should outlaw watching the jets play on offense <laughs> zach wilson was seven for 15 for what did he have 80 yards <laughs> interception he was terrible I mean it was so painful they sat him down last night and I give Robert Sala a lot of credit he came out after the game he said look I told the kid when he came out this ain't all on you everybody's going to talk about you but we got receivers running the wrong routes we got receivers dropping balls we got offensive linemen missing assignments I mean it it, it was brutal if you watched any of that against Buffalo yesterday terrible I'm going to sell it as well there's no sell, sell, sell. No, he's going to get there too late if he does get there at all. Um, they, I, I, I don't know. They got some decent pieces on the offensive side too. I think the Brees Hall kid's pretty decent. I think Garrett Wilson's a really good receiver, but for whatever reason, they just can't figure the quarterback out and maybe some other pieces. I know Casey's mentioned that before. So the Jets are bad, and they're not going to be saved by Aaron Rodgers. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, I'm also selling as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers cannot fix that offensive line. The play calling, he can't fix the 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 fact that they'll probably be way out of it by the time he comes back. And like Trace just said, I think they only really have two pieces. What, what's so funny? What's so funny? What's so funny? What's so funny? What's so funny, Tom? What's so funny, Tom? What's so funny, Tom? Some of the lines that come out of the chat are just um, they're unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, next buy or sell? Chargers should fire Brandon Staley. I never endorse anybody to be fired, so I'm selling. Okay. I, I never call okay. for somebody's job to You're be right. fired. I'll call for his job because okay. he's a bad <laughs> okay. and, and, and they have mediocre season after mediocre season with arguably a top three quarterback. You could argue Justin Herbert's top three. You wouldn't win the argument, but you could certainly <laughs> argue it. Uh, yeah, Trace I, has argued that. That Trace has certainly argued it. I, listen, I think the Chargers should be way better than they are. Way better. Four and six is disgusting. They should be. Uh, I, 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 it, it's just bad. Whatever. Whatever. Bad. I, I'm selling. Yeah, you have to you have to buy the idea that he needs to get fired at this point. I think last year he was on very thin ice, especially the way that the game kind of ended. And he's not done anything this year that makes you think that they're going to get any better. And um, 
I think even now you can start to see you can start to see Justin Herbert get frustrated. And I think that's maybe more of a concern if I was a Chargers fan than anything else. You don't really want to see your quarterback start to show pretty pretty visible emotions on just being pissed off. Um, and he's he's there now. He's there. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to make excuses for Justin Herbert. It's just sad that, unfortunately, he's he's a victim of playing in an organization that's not, not very good. I mean, they had two – you know, Keenan Allen, great player. Multiple drops yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the Johnson kid out of TCU, number one pick. What a Dropped the wide open. You know, at, le- at, least he, at least he stood up to the media. Yep. I'll tell you that. Rookie, at least he dropped the ball and answered questions to the media, unlike your guy Tyler Boyd. Go ahead. What about Caleb Williams? Again, again, Caleb Williams didn't answer, answer to the media this weekend. That's your guy, Tom. All right. And finally. Oh, my God. And this was sent this this next this next I guess I uh, that. buy or sell. Were you buying or selling? Uh, I would have bought that. Okay. Let's just continue. Right. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> I forgot. Uh, all right, my next buy or sell was specifically written by Reed Mouse Tom. He sent me this over and he said he wanted me to read this to you. So this is it. Buy or sell. Ohio State should join the ACC if they lose <laughs> to Michigan. Okay, yeah, because they have a history of not getting it done. So you're gonna. I would sell. Sell, sell, sell. All right. If Ohio State doesn't get it done against Michigan, are you are you um, are you at a point now where Ryan Day genuinely should be on the hot seat? No, no wow. chance. All right, no chance. Best record in college football over the last since he's become a head coach. No way, no way. That can't be true. No, it is best record. He has the best record since he was since he's become head coach. Yes, in all of college football, at highest the, winning percentage of any college football coach in the country. Oh, so you're saying coach. he has the highest winning percentage? Yes. yes. I yes. thought you meant since he came since he became a head coach, he's had the highest winning percentage. That's what I said. Well, that's not true because Georgia hasn't lost a game in like almost two years. That's right, but they lost a lot more than he has lost before those two years when he took over. He's saying since he's coming to the league. Since he has become a head coach in college football, he has the best winning percentage of any head coach in college football. He's lost five games. See, that's where that's where the whole Big Ten, like everybody wants to make fun of the powder puff schedule of Georgia and all these things, but it's like, really? Like that guy only has two games a year he can lose. What what name name? Two games a year he can lose. Who are you talking he about? He has genuinely like about? two games a year he can lose. Who are you talking about? He can lose against Penn State. He can lose against Michigan. Well, what about, what about Notre Dame? Game. Come on, Tom. No, wait, hang on a second. And, and, and they, they play every year, every single year. They play a legitimate top 10, top 12 team in the country out of conference. Not like Michigan. Ohio State's had home and home with Texas. They've had home and home with Oregon. They just signed a home and home coming up with Alabama. They've had home and home with Oklahoma. They play all of those teams out of conference. Through the last 15 years, maybe longer than that, mm-hmm. they've had two rounds of home and home with Oklahoma, Texas, and Notre Dame. They start a home and home with Alabama. I think it's year after next. Really? That's and now great. all of a sudden, coming into the league starting next year, you've, you've got Oregon, you've got Washington, you've got SC. So, I mean, you can't you you can blast a lot of teams out there for not scheduling out of conference. Michigan being at the very top of the list. Georgia second. You cannot. You cannot say that about Ohio State. Yeah, Georgia's playing New Mexico Valley for the first six weeks of the season. So, easy to be undefeated when you beat New Mexico Valley. 
Yeah. No, listen, the the, the, the Georgia schedule thing's fine. I, I, I just let it go by because ultimately, at the end of the day, you get to play them. You, 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 good luck. I mean, if you, you know, <laughs> enjoy your time. Like, that's that's the thing, you know, enjoy your time. I, I remember being at a UC basketball game when they were oh, playing no. against Georgia two years ago and they were chanting in the stands, we want Georgia. And, I mean, they ultimately didn't get that smoke because they lost to, they lost to Alabama by two or three scores before they got to Georgia. But the point that I'm trying to make is Ryan Day's job security is is pretty pretty great. Then I guess is that where we're at. I would well, I, mean, I would, just, I would venture because, to say just because I they, feel that way doesn't mean that everybody else. Feels well, if that they way. go out and they get bullied for the third straight year, I would, if I was a Ohio State fan, I would be I'd be I would be considering my options. Okay, that's fair. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion on this thing. I mean, believe me. And, and there will be people that raise you-know-what if they were to lose to Michigan again this year. There's no doubt about yeah. it because those people, the vultures, are already out there. They're out there. But um, what's this, Mark? 55 and uh, – excuse me, tack on – yeah, 55 and 6. Uh, no. He has never lost more than – he's only lost two games in a season twice. Um, no, he's not going anywhere. Okay. Cherry on top? Is it time for the cherry on top? I think it is. All right. What is this? Tom, this is your thing. Yeah, this is your cherry on top. Oh, that's right. <laughs> this is a nice story here. This is a really nice story here. All right, before you uh, this is Jim Donovan, the longtime radio voice of the Cleveland Browns, okay? After week one this season, he was diagnosed with leukemia. This guy is, I mean, Marty Brenneman in Cincinnati, okay? Jim Donovan in Cleveland, okay? That's who this guy is. And, and I mean, you know the Browns following, whether you like him or you hate him, uh, you know the Browns following um, uh, and, and what people think about him, okay? okay? He came back in the booth yesterday. They win the game. He calls a last-second field goal. The head coach, Kevin Stefanski, as Jim Donovan walks into the locker room to celebrate the win, here you have it. Thank you. That's great. Game the game ball. That's pretty big league. Pretty big league. That's big league. Yeah. So good for Kevin Stefanski. Tell you what, man, Brownie's got a good team, Casey. They got a good team. They're seven and three, Tom. Did we ever figure out before we go about tomorrow? Are we inviting Marty? Are we inviting Dave Biddle? Did we ever get to any of that? Uh, I don't think we got to any of that. Okay. I vote Marty. Well, of course you do. He has made you into somewhat of a cult hero. <laughs> a little bit, sure. People are saying that. I can't tell you how many times I've heard him use that line since then. Really? Yes. Hungry dog. Runs faster, Tom. That's exactly right. He had never heard that before, and that's become one of his all-time <laughs> favorites. And somebody in the chat said Sean Miller has watched the show because he was watching to recruit Big League Paul. That's right. That's true. That's a good take. And stole him right away from us. 
All right, do we have a uh, box lunch coming up today? Yeah, we do. We Right now? Yep. And who is the official host today? I will be hosting that today, and we will be playing, since we're not doing it tomorrow, tomorrow's our last day, our last show, uh, no show Wednesday, so we're going to have a special Quiplash game in, in, the, uh, in the box lunch today. So it'll be a regular box lunch plus a game as well. All right. Well, so yeah, you only have two days in the chat because we got to sneak in chat rankings tomorrow. That's right. All right. We have to do we have <laughs> a to do two picks. Day chat ranking. We have to do picks for this coming week's game because we have games on Thursday. We have now NFL on Black Friday, right? That's right. It's rivalry weekend, of course, all culminating with Ohio State VTTUN on Saturday. Got NFL games next weekend, including the Bengals. Are we doing a show, by the way? Sunday? Yeah, we yep. are. We will be uh, now, Betfred has probably got everything set up sweet, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything oh, ready yeah. to go for us down there. Am I right? Because, 100%. I mean, Betfred, they, they, they have everything ready to go, right? So when I get down there, should I dress to, um, uh, to be like hauling equipment around? Two men in a truck tire, Tom. Is that what I should wear? Yeah. Uh, probably. That would be, yeah. be the appropriate thing to wear. Yeah. yeah. It would be. Jeans and a cutoff tee is what I would wear for you, Tom. Really? Yeah. Bring you some, bring you some gloves. Okay. You know those heavy-duty gloves. gloves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a ski hat, right? Whatever <laughs> yeah. you call those things. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, but but I mean, Bet Fred has all that stuff ready to go, right? We'll have the yeah. uh, the video board down there. I think yeah. we're going to bring the stage down there. Do we have a time for that yet? It'll be it'll be probably about 11 a.m. 11 a.m. It'll probably be 11A to 12P. So 11A to 12P, we're going to be right down there on the banks, right? Right on the main drag down there across yep. from the yard house, I think it is, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. We're going to be right down there at the Vet Fred tent, right? Correct. So we're going to be out there like this. It's going to look like this, and we're all going to be there? Oh, yeah. Right? Similarly. <laughs> sure. What's that mean? I, well, it's, I, I haven't I, been well, down there yet. I'm waiting for you to tell me. You guys are well, all sitting in the suite. Well, there's a couple of chairs and what have you. I, it'll, be, it'll, it'll look okay. It'll, it'll look great. We'll make it look great. It'll be a good show. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to it. Casey, you'll be there? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Who's going to produce? It's, it's going to be me. big time. It's going to be great. It is. All right. Big time production. Gentlemen, have a good rest of your day. Casey, enjoy your day. Thank you, Tom. Trace, glad you made it. Yeah. like the growth. You're looking good. Thanksgiving. Working mm -hmm. on it. Elliot, big league lid. Thank you. Looking good. All right. Everybody, have a great rest of your day. Oh, and so you forgot to say FCC plays Saturday. Did I mention that? Uh, I don't think you brought it up since we lost. Saturday, about, so. 8P. 8P. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. Right? That will be FC against Philadelphia, who eliminated FC in this exact same game a year ago in the semifinals. A trip to the MLS finals will be on the line, and we'll talk about that tomorrow, at least for a minute or two. Of course. 30, yeah, 30 but that's, seconds. But that's, we're rooting for FC Cincinnati. Bring this town a championship. It's long overdue. All right, box lunch coming up. Here we go.